Hi there, and thanks for tuning in to the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You're about to listen to another proud presentation brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs. Stand out from the crowd. For more information, visit revengelover.com and mention the podcast for 10% off of your order. Hi, welcome back to Ballpark Bros, the show about sports. Guys, the Cubs are going to the World Series. I mean, I'm Mike, that's Tom, and with us as always is assistant to the delivery boy, David Dargards. Guys, the Cubs are going to the World Series. The Cubs are going to the World Series. The clubs? So are the Indians from Cleveland. That's not important. No, guys, the Cubs. Well, it's important. Some of our listeners might be from Ohio. I'd wager to say many of them. But yes, let's talk about that. Wow, what... What an NLCS. Everybody wrote the Cubs off after that second loss. I thought that was kind of silly, too. When they, yeah. When they, yeah, sure, they had back-to-back shutouts, and that was unprecedented, but I still thought it was silly to just think, oh, well, that means they're going to get shut out in the next one, too. Well, it's, uh, it's funny because that was the first time in Cubs history that they've been shut out twice in a single postseason. So I, I, I thought to myself, man, they're finding new ways to be terrible even when they're great. <laughs> It was, it, it was pretty ridiculous to watch those back-to-back shutouts, and I, I did watch both of them in their entirety, and it was very soul-crushing. Um, however, I was fairly confident that they were going to come back and get Game 4. I I didn't think they were going to have any more issues. They they did a lot to address their, their offensive issues as the series was progressing, and it seemed to have paid off, especially for guys like Addison Russell and Anthony Rizzo. Yeah, at no point did I think that the Cubs were uh, truly out of it, even after being behind in the series like that. Like, I think uh, I think you're crazy if you forgot. You know, you did you forget the entire season? You know, yeah. Did you forget everything that led up to this? And you, and you think that, the, oh, they're just going to fizzle out here? Yeah. Right. Like, no, right. nobody's going to, like, yeah, the Jays did that. But, a you know, t- they didn't. They weren't the Cubs this season. <laughs> a, a team that, that finished the season, what, 10 games ahead of anyone else? Yes. Two, yeah. two MVP candidates, three Cy Young candidates. You know, you got Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo, both could get MVP votes, and Kyle Hendricks, John Lester, Jake Arrieta. Each one of them could get a Cy Young vote. It's they're stacked on both sides, and but you know, a lot of a lot of the media, you'd see all these articles about, oh, the Cubs are blowing it again, and you know, the curse of the Billy Goat and everything else. And I mean, they really did try. No, they didn't. They just got outplayed for two games. It happens during the course of a season and a postseason, but they came they came back and. What they did to the Dodgers in the next couple games, I think, was even worse than what the Dodgers did to them by shutting them out. And I love how when they talk about the Cubs blowing it again or doing this or that again, um, like any of these people were here back when they were last blowing it. Like, like, like this team is anywhere. No, they have the same name. They're in the same city. But the Cubs of 108 years ago are not the Cubs of today. Right. That's, that's you know, that's well, even the, even the Cubs of a decade ago. When the last time they they were in the playoffs, they got swept by the Dodgers, I believe, in back to back years. Yeah, it's not the Lions yeah. and the Browns were like there are systemic issues for why these teams aren't great over the course of a long period of time. Right. The Cubs even have a new owner. Yeah, since the last playoff run. So yeah, so they they talking about like this happening again. Well, no, this isn't the Cubs from 50 years ago screwing up again. This isn't anyone from 50 years ago screwing up again. No one actually screwed up, but I don't know. People see these people see like patterns where there aren't patterns. Yeah, it's a it's gonna it's gonna be an interesting World Series. One of these one of these cities is gonna have their have their championship drought snapped for these teams, and the other one is going to be very sad for even longer. But I'm looking forward to a pretty good series. I'm expecting six games at least. Um, I 
I'm not going to say that I'm expecting a Cubs win, but I am optimistic, and especially because they may be bringing back Kyle Schwarber to play DH in Cleveland. Yeah, I honestly don't know what's going to happen in the series. I obviously I didn't pick the Indians to even be uh, here at this point, so it's it's really hard to say. I think that the two teams are really close. Um, well, it's it's uh, you know we all picked the Cubs to be there. Um, but there were there were points in the postseason where I actually didn't think that they'd be able to pull it out, just you know from having to face the competition that they did. And but the only really the only really rough stretch they had were those two games against the Dodgers. I mean, even though they lost that one game to San Francisco, you knew it was just a matter of time until the Cubs won the next game. Yeah, but it it's just they had to face a couple of really good pitchers to get here and you know it's just a question of if they were able to and they were yeah well you know after being shut out they scored 10 runs eight runs and five runs right yep they turned it back on and the the big part of that was anthony rizzo getting it going uh he was what uh one for 25 before he had a little bloop hit at the towards the end of uh game three and then he just completely turned around from there using using Matt Caesar's bat, a guy that's not even on the playoff roster. Anthony Rizzo used his bat to hit that monster home run. Did he break all of his bats? No. Uh, it's happened before during the during the course of the season. Rizzo's been in a slump, and he'll try to change things up any way he can, so he grabs one of Matt Caesar's bats. It happened during the regular season, and when, it, when he grabbed one during the regular season, he wound up hitting a grand slam with it. So Matt Caesar's bats have kind of been Anthony Rizzo's good luck charm when it comes to getting out of slumps. So why doesn't he just use them all the time then? But that, then they wouldn't be slump busters. But he'd never be in a slump. You True. don't know that. You don't know how slump busting magic works. He'd hit 300 home runs a day. A day, Michael. That seems improbable. Well, if everybody's hitting home runs, he'll get a lot of at bats. If everybody uses Matt Caesar's bats, they will not ever get out of the first inning of the first game. You may be right. You may be right. Anyways. But you're wrong. Well, I like I said, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to pick a winner for this series. Uh, you guys feel like you want to do that? Cubs and five. Oh boy, I'm trying to think of which would be more of a nightmare for me, because that's probably what's going to happen. So it'll probably be the Indians. I don't know in how many. I, I guess I would have to say um, six. Yeah. Well, Indians and six. I I said it last year, and I I still believe it this year. Um, I think the Cubs are actually still ahead of schedule on this rebuild. They were they weren't supposed to compete like they did last year. Um, I think they were, I think they were a little bit ahead of schedule. So I don't think a World Series loss would be as crippling as many might think it would be for me. Oh, it'll still be crippling. I will go into about a two week long depression following it, but um, I don't think it'll be quite as crippling as many people believe it will be. So I I'm just looking forward to a good series, and I took half days at work, so I will be able to watch all of the action. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that this adds work to my pile. It does. Yeah, so when the Cubs are down three games, like I can call you, like kind of like on on call basis. Yeah, I think that'll <laughs> probably be all right. If they wind up in an O three hole, I will probably come in. If I see them losing really bad, one like game two, they're down by like thirteen runs. Well, hopefully none of that will have to happen, and I will be driving to Chicago on the weekend to go celebrate. Oh boy. Yeah, that's gonna be nuts getting to Chicago. I mean, getting. To the north side of Chicago on a normal day is is a nightmare. I can't imagine what the city's going to be like when they win the World Series. I don't know if you saw the aerial shots after they won the pennant. Yeah. Just 
a sea of people in Cubs blue, and the stadium was still full while they were handing out the trophy and the MVPs. Yeah. MVPs, because they split it between Javi Baez and John Lester, and rightfully so. I don't I don't see how you could have picked between the two of them. Um, Flip a coin. Sure. Man, it cuts out the pauses. That was... All right. So, happened from happened from the uh, we called it a Cubs Indians preview in the rundown of the show, but we really just talked about the Cubs a lot. Uh, the Indians. How about that? How about that? They were yeah, they weren't supposed to be there. Um, you know, everybody was expecting Boston or Texas. We were expecting Boston. Um, I, I mean, I if they weren't playing my Cubs, I would probably support them against the Dodgers or pretty much anyone else in the NL side of things. I did not. Did not have anyone that I felt compelled to root for if the Cubs didn't make it on the NL side. Well, uh, and, and how wild is it that uh, Cleveland is winning now? Yeah, they went 81-80 and 80 last season. The Browns are still 0-6. Yeah, I know, but... Uh, seven. What, seven? Man. Yeah, but the the Cavaliers won. Their uh, AHL hockey team won. Right. And now oh, yeah, the Indians right. are four games away. So they're due for some heartbreak. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I said that after the... Uh, when we were doing the preview yeah. for the whole postseason. Yeah, they're due for some heartbreak after having the Cavs and their hockey team wins. All right, uh, so into the world of the NFL. Had a few fun games last night. Um, that Sunday night game was not one of them. Uh, we'll get to that a little bit later. On Thursday, you had the Packers taking down the Bears 26-10. to uh, Brian Hoyer, who was tearing it up for the Bears, got hurt in that game. Broke his arm. He's going to miss at least six weeks, they're saying. Uh, he was replaced by Matt Barkley, who went on to throw two interceptions. You guys really need to be keeping track. This is going to get out of control really fast. I, it's all I'm these hurt get quarterbacks. A, yeah. I'm going to get a dog and name it Matt Barkley. Good work, Tom. Uh, Aaron Rodgers went over 300 yards for the first time since, uh, I believe, November of last year. Threw for 326. Took him 56 attempts to get there. Yeah, considering, too, um, that the first half was as bad as it was for the Packers. Yeah. That's that's pretty amazing that Rodgers pulled out those numbers eventually. Uh, threw for three touchdowns. Two of them went to Devontae Adams, who had 132 yards receiving after most people thought he'd missed the game with concussion. Fooled you. Um, Randall Cobb had 11 catches for 95 yards and the other touchdown. Ty Montgomery, he's the, Pack, he's the Packers' fifth receiver, but apparently now they're starting running back. Packers uh, without Eddie Lacy. How it works? Yeah, without Eddie Lacy and James Starks, uh, had had to play Ty Montgomery in the backfield a lot. He had nine carries for sixty yards and also ten catches for sixty six yards. So he had himself quite the game. Uh, those of you that play fantasy football, if he's still available, grab him up because I don't expect this to change. Uh, what about Niall Davis? Did he play at all? He he'd only been there for three days, so he got a couple carries, but he doesn't really know the system, so it's a little difficult to throw a running back out there and expect him to know all the blitz pickups and all the routes and everything that you're running for this. So I I agree with what they did with Ty Montgomery, and I think Niall Davis will come along and eventually be the feature back down the stretch. But for right now, using Ty Montgomery in his capacity is perfectly fine. Well, it says uh, Niall Davis had uh, two carries for one yard. Yeah, I, I knew it wasn't much. Not bad. So Good start. Uh, Got to start somewhere. Exactly. So over across the pond. Uh, London town. The Giants beat the Rams 17-10. to this is one of those ugly, ugly, ugly games. I got this one wrong. Um, Eli Manning didn't even make 200 yards passing. Uh, the Giants only had 37 yards rushing. Um, Eli didn't throw a pick, wasn't sacked. Uh, on the flip side, Case Keenum threw four interceptions and was sacked three times. Mm-hmm. Uh, he threw the ball 53 times. Todd Gurley still struggling, 57 yards on 15 carries. Uh, just 
his season is just not going the way most people expected. Well, with the whole London thing, um, it's kind of funny because we think about how we're giving them like our worst our worst product, but they're still going. Uh, they still love. They still love going to these games. They right. Get, yeah, they get something like you know they get they get massive turnouts. Uh, they get like seventy six thousand people or whatever going to these games or whatever it is. And so if it's a commercial success for the NFL, I think they're gonna keep going on. And honestly, like my opinion on the London games, because I know we we talk about this sometimes. Um, if it if it's if it's commercially viable, they're gonna keep doing it. Um, if people are having fun, they're gonna keep doing it. So I don't have a problem with doing it. Yeah, I, I have a problem with the way it's executed. The, yeah, the players are against the 17 game season, and I I do get that. Right. Um, but one thing that I think the NFL can do, they want to grow this brand internationally. Add a 17th game, and the players, you know, you're gonna get more revenue out of this, and you're gonna get to go visit exotic locations. Every team still gets eight home games, and then every team plays a neutral site game somewhere internationally, or even within the United States, take teams like uh, Green Bay and Dallas and let them go play in the Rose Bowl. Yeah. Take a team like Seattle and a team like uh, Denver and go let them play up uh, up in New England. Mm-hmm. Just move the move it and let let fans get a chance to see teams that they wouldn't normally see or only get to see once every eight years because of the way the schedule is set up. But if you do it that way, you can take. You can take the 49ers and the Jets, and you can go let them play down in Mexico, or you can take... Yeah, give everybody a neutral site game, yeah. essentially. And it, it it lets it lets the NFL continue to grow the brand internationally like they, like they want to do, obviously so badly want to do, considering there are now three international games a year. How long do we have a game in Japan? They're working on it. Okay. Um, Seems like a logical like. They're step. working on Japan, they're working on China, and... I somewhere else they're working on maybe Germany um but yeah you could send that's that's 16 games you can send overseas uh you know right. just make like week 9 of the NFL season international week yeah half be- the teams have a bye leading up to it half the teams have a bye after it everybody gets the same amount of rest on one side of it mhm and just have international week and i think the fans in, uh, here in america would still be all right with that yeah, well, I mean, it would it would obviously be very difficult to watch football for that one week for well, people in America. No, I but. mean, you, we'd be sending games to Canada and to Mexico. It wouldn't be right. We same. wouldn't be without football in our time zones. Yeah, they'd be in our normal time zones. Even if we went to Rio, you know, who's an hour ahead of the right. coast. So I, it it would still work out in that regard. Yeah, we we'd have to get up at eight thirty to watch a couple games, or we'd have to stay up till two a.m. to watch a couple games. But we're kind of doing that already anyway. It's not like we're a nine to five society anymore yeah nobody sleeps anymore right um but no just uh just our thoughts on how the nfl can continue to do the international thing and still keep everyone happy um one more thing in that game when do we see jared goff well apparently never according to jeff fisher yeah Yeah. and that's incredible he said he'd make a a a change at wide receiver before he makes a change at quarterback yeah um I don't know. I kind of agree with him. You don't want to rush things along with Goff, and why? Why send him into a situation where they're not winning? You know, let them let them continue to play and play it. You know, if they can play some good football down the stretch, let him come in next year and start with an average to above average team. Yeah, that's going to help his confidence, and especially Case Keenum. I mean, yeah, the four interceptions, but he's really not playing that poorly. Yeah, he had a good game against the Lions. Uh, I. I, th- I think it really rests on their defense, which was supposed to be an above-average defense, and 
it it kind of also rests on Todd Gurley finally, you know, trying to get back to form and 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 having a couple of really good games. Right. Yeah. I mean, those four interceptions probably don't happen if you have the threat of Todd Gurley like you had last year. Mm-hmm. And then, well, and then Case Keenum doesn't have to throw for three hundred yards a game. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, they'll they'll figure it out. Yeah, right. Um, right now they that they, they have proven themselves as pretenders since that great start. Yeah, um, it's it's clear now. It should be clear to everybody. Uh, division is pretty much Seattle's. Yep. But so in the battle for Ohio soul. Oh boy. The Cincinnati Bengals beat the Cleveland Browns thirty-one to seventeen. Um, Cody Kessler got injured. Kevin Hogan had to come in. Uh, he completed 50% of his passes for 100 yards, threw two interceptions, got sacked twice, but he ran the ball seven times for 104 yards and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was their leading rusher by 41 yards. Um, Gary Barnage kind of got it going for the first time, uh, six receptions for 66 yards. Um, on the other side, Andy Dalton was sacked three times, uh, threw for 308 yards and two touchdowns. One of them, an insane Hail Mary to A.J. Green. Yes, this was the catch of not just this millennium, but last millennium. Um, I don't care what anybody says. A.J. Green times it perfectly. Uh, every Browns defender goes up. A.J. Green goes up a split second later with his one hand, tips it, uh, catches it himself with his one hand and reels it in with his one hand. Um, I kind of flipped out watching that. I have a, a friend who was at the game who kind of flipped out watching that. We actually texted each other at the same time, the same phrase full of expletives, which was kind of funny. Uh, but it, it was it was an amazing catch to watch. That was I mean that's AJ. It's just AJ Green being the best there is. I mean, well, he's he's just so he's so and good. It, it doesn't hurt that he's you know half a foot taller than most defensive backs. Well, if you saw that catch, the timing of that jump, though, right. like he, you know, he, the Browns, the Browns defenders all move, then he moves, and he, like, he knows exactly where to go to get it. It was, that was amazing skill and thought put into catching that ball. I'm trying to think of a player that's better at going up to get passes like that, and the only one I could think of is maybe Julio Jones. Right, but I mean, those two players stand head and shoulders above everyone else, and I think A.J. Green is probably even better than Julio is at this. Yeah, yeah. I think Green's the best receiver in the NFL, honestly. I, I won't say that, but I think he is he is much better at that type of stuff because yeah. he does still have some pretty un, you know pretty unimpressive games here and there uh, yeah. littered with drops or bad routes. Right, yeah. but he does have some freakish skill. I know we talk about Odell Beckham gloves. All the time, but I don't know. Yeah. There, I, I I see Green do stuff that I don't see Beckham doing. Right. I I, I think Green is probably best at at his uh, just awareness of what's going on around him. You know, when the ball is coming. You know, who's where on the field. Yeah, because he's yeah. surrounded by Browns when he makes that catch. He's right. surrounded by Browns. He he's able to go up, and then there's like you know he has to do three or four motions to bring that ball in, all within uh, less than a second, probably. There was too much time. orange in that game. There was a lot of orange. People weren't people weren't happy about the clash of the orange um everyone said oh they should have been wearing black with the orange i think it wasn't as bad as people were saying no i think it was all right it wasn't that bad but there was a lot like when you watch when you watch that play in the end zone all of the orange pants and the orange jerseys and it was just on on tv it was okay but again my 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 friend who was there she said it was a little rough it was a little hard for her to see um but then you know she's sitting up further in the seats too so i guess for fans in cincinnati it might have been tougher and you know if you were there at the game let us know or you know if you know anybody who has any comments on that let us know how 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 easy or hard of a game was that to watch in person at the field on tv obviously it's easier because we get to zoom in and stuff yeah we got better resolution there than we do in real life you can always interact with us on our 
on our uh, social media pages. We're on Facebook. Just look up Ballpark Bros. And on Twitter, at 4E Ballpark Bros. So, yeah, if you if you were there, let us know. Yeah, that, and that was the game that the Bengals needed to feel good about themselves um, because they've had such a rough start to the season. They're still not, you know, they're not beating, beating the Browns is, you know, you beat the Browns. But still, if you're going to try to turn around and, like, feel better about yourself, that is the way to start. Right. The kicking, though, you know, that's not usually a priority. Um but they would have lost that game if it were against someone like the Steelers, right? Off yeah, of Mike, two, off two of Mike Nugent's foot, foot again. Yeah, and right. every now and then that comes up. He misses these kicks. Like, how does he miss that kick? Yeah, um, the just all around great offense for them. Uh, 168 yeah. yards out of Jeremy Hill. Gio Bernard added 80. Green went over 160 yards receiving, and Brandon LaFell added 83 of his own. So yeah, you you got you got a running back and a wide receiver over 160, and you got. A running back and a receiver that go over 80 in addition to it. So even though it's the Browns, I still think it's an impressive win. Oh, it is. Right. Uh, yeah. It's it's still an impressive thing to do what they did. Well, it was decisive. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good one. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna say some nice things about the Lions. Ooh. Do we have music for that? Brace yourselves. Oh, we don't have music for that because we never planned for that. That's true. This is kind of kind of uh, blindsiding some people here. Unprecedented. Um, the Lions beat the Washington Redskins 20 to 17 on a late touchdown from Matt Stafford. Um, this this was a very good game. It really was. Um, Washington had, did have quite a few mistakes. Uh, un, unbelievable fumble by Kirk Cousins where he got stepped on by a lineman and just kind of tries to shovel the ball up towards the running back. Mm-hmm. Uh, winds up on the ground and Lions recover. But other than that, Cousins had himself a pretty good game. 30 for 39 for 301 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Jamison Crowder had seven catches for 108 yards for the Skins. And on the other side, uh, Matt Stafford just continuing to tear it up. And I, I never thought that I would see this Matt Stafford. Yeah, through seven games, he has a 15-4 to four touchdown to interception yeah, ratio. Yeah, um, three straight That's games, incredible. no interceptions. Eight touchdowns, no interceptions. Um, this may be the longest stretch of his career he's gone without throwing a pick. Well, he's not having to force it in anymore to... Uh... To get it to Calvin. Yeah, yeah, people are getting open. He's he's able to go through his progressions without having in the back of his mind, okay, this doesn't work, this doesn't work, this doesn't work. I'll throw it to Calvin. Yeah. Then Roberts had a pretty had a pretty impressive uh, catch yesterday, pretty impressive play oh, yesterday. The, tw- the twenty yarder that yep. he had there. Yeah. And you've got Marvin Jones getting open. Um, every now and then, Golden Tate will uh, get open and hang on to the ball. They both went over ninety. Yeah. Uh, nine, four for ninety four for Jones and six for ninety three for Tate. Yeah. So Tate had a good day yeah and and when tate has a good day that's good for the lions because usually everybody else is going to have a better day than tate right with the way you know the way i've seen him playing this this season with all those drops and stuff the last two games he's really turned it on yeah he's really he's really stepped up so when you've got him playing well and you've got marvin jones and then you got roberts here catching balls too i mean yeah the lions Lions were really really good yesterday they didn't shock vegas no with their win but they shocked me I didn't pick them. I did. <laughs> I, I thought they were going to come out come out with this victory. Um, I uh, I gotta say, Matt Stafford, if he can keep this up, and you know it's a long season, we've still got quite a bit of football to be played, and he does have a tendency to have those those bonehead plays in the clutch, you know, down the stretch of the season and in yeah. late, the late in games. He's got a few bad decisions left in him. But. He could be a candidate for MVP if the yeah. Lions make the playoffs. I know. It's, it, it's a pretty big if because they're still in a division with Minnesota and Green Bay. Yeah, it, it's, it's exciting to see because, like, we're, we see the Lions all the time and we see them, we see, you know, all of their failure over the past forever. And sometimes, sometimes, like, we do have to just laugh it off and be like, oh, it's the Lions. But, like, when they do start to do things like this, like, it does get exciting. Yeah. It's 
it's exciting to see. We want to see where they go with that. It was a lot um, more exciting before I started going to games and getting treated like garbage by yeah. by Lions fans. <laughs> yeah, so well, I just don't go to the games anymore. Yeah. Watch on TV. Yeah, but if you, if you if you take out Tressway and Jimmy Garoppolo, um, Stafford is fourth in passer rating through this season so far. Hmm. Yeah, that's, well, that's interesting. Yeah, <laughs> looks like he's he's probably got a strong case for MVP when the year ends if he can keep this up. Him, you know, between him and Matt Ryan and. Uh, yeah, maybe a few other guys thrown in, thrown into the conversation. Tom Brady, probably. Um, oh yeah, yeah, because he's 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 played great since he's come back. Yeah. Um, someone else has been putting it together lately. Andrew Luck. Uh, he led the Colts to a 34-26 win over the Titans yesterday. Luck threw for three 353 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, T.Y. Hilton seven catches for 133 and a touchdown. Uh, for Tennessee, Marcus Mariota still. Still playing very well. Um, didn't have the rushing yards to go with the passing this this week, but he still threw for 232 yards and two touchdowns. Um, Tennessee, even though they lost this game, I still feel like they're getting better each and every week. They are. Um, they've you know they started out looking pretty bad. Uh, that Lions game that uh, David and I went to. It just nothing was happening for them on offense, and it's it's a shock that they won that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, no, Titans have definitely improved since uh, pretty much every week. They they have been improving. They lost to a Colts team that's really picking it up. Yeah, it, even know, even I, with that collapse at you know at Houston last week, Indianapolis still looks like they they could be a force to be reckoned with down the stretch. Especially, if, I mean, Houston's in Denver tonight, and you know that Denver defense is one, is going to want to get after Brock Osweiler all night. So yeah, Houston's at four and two right now but you can't count out the Colts who are who are right behind them uh at three and four like that division every year is anybody's division just because it's not the greatest in the NFL right well and you know watch out for the Titans too they're also three and four yeah yeah that's true so it's an interesting division you might want to you know you might just ignore the entire division but one of those teams makes it to the playoffs regardless Uh, so I'm gonna cut it really quickly just got to baseball breaking news uh kyle schwarber will dh in the arizona fall league today and then will join the cubs in cleveland after the game so it looks like kyle schwarber will be on the world series roster for the cubs all right there you go interesting development yeah well keep an eye on that i i don't see him playing in the field or catching uh during the series in chicago but you know you got up to four games in cleveland for him to play dh so but uh back into football sorry about that you know we try to bring you guys breaking news as it comes through um not you know i didn't just do it because it's the cubs um in uh kansas city the chiefs beat the saints 27 to 21 i'll be uh saints had a chance late uh just couldn't come up with the onside kick yeah uh michael thomas had 130 yards receiving uh drew Brees passed for 367 and three touchdowns he was picked off once and for the chiefs no, nobody on their stat line really stands out too much when you when you look at it. But it was a solid outing all around. Um, you had Spencer Ware with 77 rushing yards and added 54 receiving. Um, Alex Smith threw for 214 and two touchdowns. It was just the prototypical team win for for Kansas City. Right. Well, uh, Alex Smith passed to 10 different receivers. Yeah. So get you got everybody. Uh, contributing in this game and that's really what it's going to take them to win it's not going to be a one-man show yeah he went and did a drew Brees thing there by using every player on his offense um the saints offense is still really really good uh but again it's that defense that's going to lose them every single game i picked new orleans when we picked these games i know that tom did as well i did not um just to see i definitely won this week yeah no, well, i haven't i haven't looked at the numbers yet but yeah. i definitely won this week but we both picked new orleans i thought that New Orleans was going to do well, uh, pretty good 
coming off of last week, but because uh, you, you can't, it's it's really hard to predict what what KC's going to do in a game. I thought that New Orleans had the firepower to just come in even on the road and do and do whatever they wanted, but uh, it didn't work out that way. Yeah, just looking at that uh, that one Drew Brees interception, it was uh, both both teams went up and battled for it, and it yeah. deflected and landed in the hands of a chief yeah so he's still having an incredible year that one interception wasn't one of the i guess what you would call a true interception and in that he threw the wrong route you know or just made a bad decision that was a, a battle between a receiver and a defender that ended up in the defender's hands um so i'm, I'm still interested to see what drew Brees will look like at the end of the season but he's having an amazing season he's he's gonna be pretty banged up i've seen him take quite a few shots over the course of the season yeah he's been getting hit hey uh but uh, he's, he's still gonna have those strong numbers and you know if they can turn it around and try to climb back into this with yeah. atlanta who's not doing so hot right now it's kind of a shame um, that it's kind of a shame that the saints end up doing nothing uh this season that drew has such a good that right. drew has such good numbers right? right it's kind of a waste but well in another game that i was the only one to pick the winner um the miami dolphins beat the buffalo bills 28 to 25 uh jay 214 yards yeah, Be- becoming only the fourth player all time to have back-to-back 200-yard games. You guys know who the other three are? No, I do not. OJ. Oh, that's yeah. Earl Campbell that's... and Ricky Williams. So none of those are exa- uh, shocking. So, so he he could be the greatest ever, or he could disappear out of the league instantly. There you go. Yes. <laughs> you know, if Ricky Williams didn't have the pot addiction. I believe we'd be talking about him like we talk about Barry Sanders and Walter Payton and Emmett Smith. Yeah, and the NFL didn't have an obsession over that. That too. Yeah. <laughs> there you go, kids. Don't smoke the marijuana. Until it's legal to do so. That's the issue here, but we're not going to get we're into not, the, yeah, we're not, not, not just yet. Maybe maybe someday we will get into the NFL's policies. We are not bong bros. Yeah, not yet. We are ballpark bros. Yeah, we have to wait for a few more laws. Um, so aside from a JE, uh, Kenny Stills had 100 yards receiving, had a huge 66-yard touchdown towards the end of the game. Uh, the Bills just looked bad all over. Uh, LaShawn McCoy, a lot of people didn't expect him to play. He did, uh, but he had eight carries for 11 yards. And uh, no receptions. Uh, bad day for him. Uh, he got injured with, I believe, it was a hamstring injury and didn't return. So kind of a rough day for yeah, the Bills they offensively should. and defensively. Yeah, they should probably have considered not starting him. Yeah, I know there was a lot of question. There, there were lots of questions leading up to it, and they probably should have just kept him out of it. Right. So. Uh, game we all picked incorrectly. Uh, J E T S Jets Jets Jets. Yeah. To our credit, though. Did we care? No. About the Jets and Ravens? Hey, fun stat. Don't, oh, Tom already pulled the stats up. Don't look, Tom. I want to play a fun game. Tom, do not look. I don't have the stats up Okay, yet. all right. Okay. We're over, over, under. I'm going to set it at six and a half. Did Baltimore have more or less than six and a half rushing yards? Oh, what? So, I'm what? Gonna, I'm going to go with more. You're going to say more? Yeah. You think they had more? Six and a half rushing yards? Maybe like yards? two or three more, but more. With the question like that, I guess I'll say they didn't. They did not. They had oh six boy. rushing yards. Wow. Terrence West had eight carries for ten yards. I get six rushing yards to the to the refrigerator. Talaferro and Dixon each had a carry but no yards, and Joe Flacco had two carries for negative four yards for a grand total of six rushing yards. Holy Gee, smokes. Maybe they shouldn't have gotten rid of Justin Forsett. On the flip side... Uh, Matt Forte had 100 yards by himself for the Jets. <laughs> That's just funny. Anderson had 30. Powell had 18. Geno Smith had 7. 
goodness. <laughs> and it's on one rush. But yes, yeah, on yeah. one scramble or whatever. But yeah. yeah. But yeah, four players on the Jets individually had more rushing yards then, than the Baltimore Ravens team yesterday. Pope Edwards and Fitzpatrick cancel each other out for zero. Right. You had a one zero and a negative one there. Right. Ryan uh, Fitzpatrick. Hmm. Uh, just I don't know what it is that Baltimore can't get their running game going. They you know, a couple promising weeks in a row where they were getting about 80 yards, but back down to nothing. Mike Wallace had 120 yards receiving for them, but just not enough. Um, Geno Smith did get hurt. He was only four of eight for 95 yards. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick came in and led them to victory. And that happens all the time, it seems. Whenever you pull a quarterback, you're like five or six games into a season. And it's like, let's pull the guy and put up in his, put his backup in. And it seems like the backup gets hurt almost immediately. And then you have the embarrassment of putting back the guy that you just pulled. Oh, Fitzpatrick called out management and ownership for pulling him and losing faith. So mm-hmm. I got I to gotta imagine he's not going to be back next year. He gave them every reason to make that no, change. No, I agree. Yeah. I fully agree. Yep. Um, you can't throw like 30 interceptions and expect to remain <laughs> the starter. Right. No. But oh. the Jets, the Jets with their quarterbacks, like that's a story that will never end. That they're still back, they're back to square one, basically, with yeah. not knowing who they're going to start. Um, I, it'll probably be Fitzpatrick next week. Yep. And who knows, maybe this is a springboard for them. You never know what game is going to do it for you. But, um, so the 1972 Dolphins can pop the corks on that champagne. Congratulations, 1972 Dolphins. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles beat the last unbeaten team, Minnesota Vikings, by a score of 21 to 10. Um, the two quarterbacks combined for five turnovers in five series, five consecutive series, ended in turnovers yesterday. Uh, fumbles, interceptions, all sort, all sorts of miscues. Um, Carson Wentz threw two interceptions. Uh, so he's having a bit of a rough patch after that hot start. And uh, Sam Bradford did not fare too well against his former team. Uh, 224 yards. Touchdown and interception, but he was sacked six times. Just yep, and that's how you do it. And uh, I did pick this uh, turnout. So yeah. I can't, you know, so I'm not, I'm not exactly shocked here. I did see Minnesota uh, dropping one here. I saw him doing it against Philly. I didn't see Philly dropping three straight, especially this one at home, even against Minnesota. You know, Minnesota's not a 16-0 and team. They're good, but they've got losses in them. Yeah. But, yeah, those six, t- those six sacks and three turnovers, that's exactly uh, what's going to do it. Eventually a team's going to do that, and Philadelphia did that to, the, to Minnesota yesterday. Were those not their first turnovers on the season? Who? Minnesota. Minnesota. I believe they had one. They had one turnover before that. Um, and actually, that turnover, if it's what I'm thinking, they got it. They forced a turnover. Um, uh, Tom's having technical difficulties. Sorry, everyone. Okay, okay we're all good. Okay, everybody's good. Sorry, guys. Everybody's good. Sorry about that. A little, I don't know, power surge in the studio, and Tom's computer went kaplooey. Um, if if I'm correct, the only turnover they had in the season so far, they forced a turnover against Green Bay, and then Randall Cobb stripped the ball and recovered it. So the defense is actually responsible for their one turnover. <laughs> okay. I, I could be incorrect. They could be counting so a different turnover that, that I don't know about. I mean, does that really count as a turnover in the books? It does. So I think there could be an offensive turnover that I don't know about. I haven't watched every Vikings game. Um, but, yeah, for – Bad game offensively uh, for both teams there with all so many turnovers. Does anybody think and uh, does does anybody think that Mike Zimmer looks a little bit like Violet Beauregard's dad? Yes, from Willy Wonka. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I just wanted to know. We're gonna put a comparison photo up on the on the Facebook today and and really see what people think. Separated at birth, uh, Mike Zimmer and Mr. Beauregard. I do believe Mike Zimmer always looks like he's I don't know about to 
Strangle the life out of a small animal? Oh, I was going to go more with, uh, he just, he looks like he could sell something. Like, he's he, just, he's always angry. Like, and I, he's and just, I, I don't mean it as a bad thing. He just, Simmer has this face where he just really looks like a, like a salesman of some kind. He's got, he's got the suckomatic in his trunk. He's trying yep. to sell door to door. Yeah. But not, I mean, not, you know, no, no, not this not. year, though. Not this year. He's, he's got oh, the Oh, no, vacuum. I didn't mean suckomatic. Like, yeah. I was talking like a vacuum, but. Well, you know, maybe usually, but yeah. This year, no, he's got the 5-1 and one Vikings, who are still going to be a good team. Yes. Uh, they're going to, you know, they're going to turn things around. I don't think that they're going to have a lot, uh, too many more losses in them. No, probably yeah, not. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I think they're going to win the division there. Um, yeah, they're still very I, I much on I agree with you. Yep, they're very much on track. I uh, mean, it, it may come down to... Uh, Whenever the the second Packers Vikings game is, I'm not I'm not exactly sure when that is. I have to look that up. But but yeah, not only not only Packers Vikings, but with the Lions uh, winning a few games here and there too, it's it's still an interesting division. Right. I, I don't see the Lions being a division winner. I like when there are three um, teams in this division that want to win it. Yeah. yeah, I really do like that. It's like I said, you know, we live here near Detroit. And uh, it's just it can get so dull when it's a two or one and a half team it's, division. I, I've been up there twice when the Lions have been in it towards the end. Yeah, and either gotten knocked out of the playoffs or were assured that they would not win the division. And it just tastes so good being there. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're not. I mean, because we're not we're not likely to see the Bears uh, do anything. Not as long as Jay Cutler's Ever. there. Yeah. No. Well, but, but like I said, when it's like the Packers every single year in that division, it's boring. I mean, no, it's great for you. Maybe. I know it's great <laughs> for you as a Packers fan, but like, right. it's still kind of no, dull. I do enjoy the years like uh, when Green Bay. And Detroit finished one and two, both twelve and four. I enjoyed that year having someone there right on the heels. Right. Or, you know, Green Bay's fifteen and one season where Detroit went twelve and four, where down the stretch you're like, Well, if Green Bay gets in a rut, Detroit could do this. Right. And you know, so I do enjoy that. I enjoy it when Green Bay comes out on the plus side, but But yeah, it's a fun division finally. It's not always Yeah. Yeah. The uh the Vikings go to Lambeau uh, week, 16, week 16, Christmas Eve. I, oh knew boy. It, I knew it was down a stretch. I actually looked at going to that game, but I have kids, so I should probably be here for Christmas. I mean, it's up to you. Uh, I think it's up to my wife. Your kids will understand. I could take them with me if I were a millionaire. Oh, so down in down in Jacksonville, the Oakland Raiders beat the Jaguars 33-16. to Michael Crabtree just continuing his dominance of defensive backs in this league. 96 yards and a touchdown. Um, Derek Carr had 200 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions, wasn't sacked. Uh, for Jacksonville, Blake Bortles threw a couple of picks. Um, Marquise Lee had 100 yard, 107 yards receiving. I didn't watch this game. I watched the highlights, some good plays, but just kind of what you expected in, in this game. Yeah, the Raiders are still leading their division because of this game too. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, Denver has a chance to match tonight. Right. So, uh, yeah, just uh. Just exactly what you'd expect. Uh, won't get too far into this game. You know, e- um, even with the uh, Raiders being five and two, I still completely forgot that this game was happening. <laughs> no, it's tough. Well, it's tough with this division sometimes too. I think um, being that they're you know well, they're on the West Coast, we don't think about them, and they're facing a team down in Florida that we don't think about because the AFC South is so bad. And nobody's particularly shocking here. These aren't marquee teams. Um, it is it is very easy to forget about them. Right. But I mean, it's really it is interesting to watch Oakland seeing them at five and two. Um, how often do we see that? You know, 
Oh, not since 2002. Yeah, so I think Kansas City and Oakland being as close as they are, and then Denver in that division as well. Again, we have another we have another three team division. Um, I mean, obviously they're all four team divisions, but you know what I mean as far as competitive right. as far as competitiveness, we've got a division where three teams uh, more oh, more than half game, right yeah more than halfway through the more than halfway through the season we're still going to see three teams being competitive, which is good. It's a, lot, it's a lot more exciting for us. Yeah, I know that ratings are down, but I think it's a good thing. When Which you... I don't get because we've had some very good football this year. Yeah, it's interesting, but we've also had some very bad. Football. It's it's been a weird it's been well, a weird year, but I it, going up against debates, going up against uh, MLB true. playoff games. Yeah, it's there's a lot of other things going on on television. Yeah. And, and with with the Indians and Cubs being being the World Series representatives, you got a lot of America that's rooting for one of those streaks to end. So they're going to yep. be tuning into baseball much more than they were in the past. Yeah, those are big fan bases. Um, you put it back exactly where it was. And Tom it, is trying to adjust Michael's mic right now, and I don't understand why. But I was having a little trouble hearing him. Oh, there you okay. go. Gotcha. He, he, he moved it up and then moved it right back where it was. It didn't <laughs> do anything. Perfect. Um, so, yeah, it's... The ratings, it's it's going to be a continuing story until, uh, you know, we get into the latter half of the season when yeah. I think everything will be on an uptick because the World Series will be over. Yeah, we'll have elected a president. It'll, you know, everything will be back normal. We won't have The Walking Dead like we did yesterday. Yeah. Hey, going going hey, up against I'm last gonna night's spoil game. it for everyone. Don't do that. I won't. No, we want more listeners. I won't do it. I do know who it is, and I don't even watch the show. We won't do it because I don't know if Eric's watched you. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We're not doing it. Oh, no. Or we'll be shut down for good. All right. San Diego, Atlanta. Uh, this game went to overtime, and uh, Chargers came out with a 33-30 win. Uh, Dan Quinn, head coach of the Falcons, really screwed it up. Yeah, I uh, I don't write a lot of notes. As everyone knows so far in the show, I don't really make a lot of notes. I made a lot today, but all I wrote, all I wrote for the Falcons, I wrote Falcons. LOL. As you got to remember, right. you got to remember, I am a Pretty Saints, much. I am a Saints fan, yeah. and yeah, you I'm know, sorry, uh, I'm so sorry, but I'm not. Fourth, fourth and one. Uh, they're on their own forty something, and they decide to go for it in overtime. Devonta Freeman runs to the left, tackled for a loss. San Diego takes over. That means they just need a field goal to win it. They march down, and Josh Lambeau kicks that 42-yard field goal. Game over. Yep. Um, Phillip Rivers, another amazing game, 371 yards. Uh, he had uh, Tyrell Williams, had 140 receiving yards on the day for them. Uh, Melvin Gordon, two touchdowns on the ground, infuriating fantasy owners who let him go uh, after last year's struggles. Uh, on the Falcons' side, Matt Ryan, another solid game, uh, 273 yards. He did have an interception. Uh, Julio Jones, nine catches, 174 yards, still tearing it up. This might have been Matt Ryan's worst game of the season. Right? And it, <laughs> I mean, and it was still an above-average game. Yeah, it's still a pretty great game. Um, Matt Bryant missed a field goal, uh, proving to be the difference there at the end of regulation. So, um, I, despite this loss and despite the loss last week, I, I do still believe that they are, uh, they're one of the best teams in the, in the NFC. Yeah. They're still one of the best. I think last week I might've said they were the best. I, we, yeah, we and both I, did. Yeah. And I may have, and I may be downgrading that, um, because they lost this one at home and I get that the chargers have been a thorn in everyone's sides recently. What they're losing close games a lot. The chargers. Yeah. Oh are. yeah. Every game they've had a lead late, but, but still like. This was at home uh, for the Falcons. This was this was their chance to really turn around and be dominant again. But now they're now they're one game above 500. Right, and that's a little weird considering their hot hot start. 
every, every team goes through something like this in a season, you know, for the most part. And I, I think they will rebound, and I, I do expect them to do a lot better down the stretch and still compete for the two seed. Um, like I said, I think Seattle probably is going to wind up being the best team in this in this conference, and it'll be Minnesota and Atlanta battling for the for the two seed. Um, all three teams I expect to do very well down the stretch. Uh, two teams that probably won't do well down the stretch: uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, the Bucks got up to 500 though. Yeah, they're still. I don't know. I don't know what to make of them right now. Uh, they they won the game 34 to 17. Uh, Jameis Winston 269 yards, three touchdowns and a pick. Jaquiz Rogers had 154 yards on the ground, and a kid named Peyton Barber uh, added 84 of his own and a touchdown. Uh, Mike Evans had eight catches for 96 yards and two touchdowns. So solid offensive outing from them, putting up 34 points. Uh, Colin Kaepernick, terrible again. Yeah, it was a bad game. 16 for 34, 143 yards, touchdown pick, sacked four times. He did have 84 rushing yards, and a lot of that was him being forced out. I would say pedestrian. He uh, he yeah, lost. Well, pedestrian. He did fumble word. the ball twice as well and lost one of them. So just I I would qualify that as as a as a bad game. It's a very bad game. Um, I still believe that he is not an NFL starting quarterback. They, I don't see the 49ers I, at this like right now are barely a team. Right. I mean, yeah. they're one in five or something like that. One in six. Yeah. Yeah. One in six. Yeah. And so they, I mean, that's barely a team. Well, you, I don't see why they had to go to Kaepernick. They got to go. Hasn't done, he's done worse than Gabbert was doing. Well, they needed to right. make a change, but they also but that have wasn't Christian it. Ponder on the roster they could have made that change and i don't still lost these two games today. i don't think quarterback was even the change though like no yeah make a change but doesn't need to be a quarterback maybe yeah. at coach somewhere well or it s- is only his first year so <laughs> yeah yeah but he's believe already, me i hate chip kelly as much as the next guy <laughs> but he's already proven that he can't do it well let him let him try to get his quarterback in the system because he you know he yeah, inherited well, gabbert and kaepernick so yeah. let him get his quarterback and let him you know let us see so how basically he basically we just we just have to expect the rest of the 49er season to be experiments right. experimentation right. from from kelly i guess we should probably um stop expecting them to do well or to win a game here or there but um you know we can tell them that they're wrong about trying out kaepernick here right uh stick with gabbert to try you know try somebody else we've tried kaepernick in the past i believe i believe their super bowl trip was sort of a fluke anyways they've used two quarterbacks and they're only a game better than the browns who have used <laughs> six yeah right well it at, at the point that they made the change, there was still, I think, a, a little glimmer of hope that they could save the season and maybe make a wild card. But after these two losses, they're not going to go anywhere, and no. they need to uh, sort of shut it down and just get ready for the draft. It's it's between the, them and Cleveland for the number one overall pick. Um, and I, I assume the number one overall pick is going to be Watson or Kaiser. Well, yeah. the good news is... Uh, even if the 49ers don't get the number one overall pick, the Browns will screw it up and they'll get their choice anyway. Exactly. And I was just going to say that the Browns were going to trade it to them accidentally or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some, uh, something like that will happen. Yeah. You heard it here first. Probably not first. No, we're not the first for anything. Uh, so the the last 4 o'clock game of, of the day yesterday, uh, Tom Steelers got beat by the Patriots 27-16. to Yeah, this didn't shock anybody. No. Uh, it, well, it was shocking in it, that it was that close as late as it was. I mean, the, the Steelers being without Big Ben, uh, you, you thought that they'd have a harder time of it, but yeah, Henry help. Jones threw for 280 yards. Well, and honestly, watching the game, it, it was clear that if they had had, had, had Roethlisberger, they probably would have won this game with the way uh, New England's offensive line was playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. I don't think that 
I don't think it would have made that big of a difference um, because I think that New England probably would have changed their game plan. They they ran the ball twenty or well uh, yeah twenty nine times yesterday when you count in Brady's Brady's rushes, but I they probably would have depended on Brady's arm a little bit more had Ben been in the game, and it would have been a completely different game. Um, that said, Brady did have two hundred twenty two yards on twenty six attempts for two touchdowns. Well, the, I mean the the issue is that. Uh... Landry Jones couldn't finish drives. They had to settle for three field goals. Three out of five. Boswell missed two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, the, you know, the game is a lot closer if you're finishing those five drives in, in, you know, at least some of those drives end in touchdowns. Right. But, I mean, who's to say that was Land- that was Landry and not and not New England's defense putting in the, you know, putting in the effort and, the, and getting the pressure when they needed to. Yeah, uh, I thought Landry looked good at points. Yeah, he did, but I... I mean, he, he's he completed a, 61, or almost 62% of his passes. He's a capable backup. He's not someone I would ever want to have to have start a game. Well, I, I said last week I thought it should be Mettenberger, but um, also for New England, Rob Gronkowski, four catches for 93 yards and a late touchdown. Um, LeGarrette Blunt had 127 yards and two touchdowns. It is just so weird to see New England consistently giving it to one guy. Well, they they liked Blunt they liked Blunt when they had him the first time, and then you know they didn't resign him. The Steelers picked him up and got rid of him because he was not doing things the way the Steelers like, and he wasn't happy about having to be the backup. Yeah, when he's clearly capable of of being a starting running back in the right. NFL. Right. Yeah, he got to prove all he got to prove that to all of us now with the Patriots. I think he's found a great spot with the Patriots, who like to pass a lot. You know, him Blunt can catch too. So. I mean, they they let him run the ball twenty four times, and in yeah. that offense, that's really something. Right. Uh, uh last game of the day. Uh, Here we are. David and I stayed up to watch this last night. Here we are. Barn burner. Seattle six, Arizona six. Final. Final. David, Final. I, I I think you mean dumpster burner. Yeah. This game oh. went to this game <laughs> went to overtime, tied at three. Yeah. Gosh, there's so much to say defensively this was such a good game to watch it was and it's then, it's frustrating but frustrating in a good way i love defensive football i really do but the the special teams miscue starting with that blocked punt yep that's and then the two two or three missed field goals just it, it it made it a disappointment you wanted to see a team in overtime take mm-hmm. it down and and prove that all of this defensive effort was worth it and neither one of them could. Well, I don't see how the Cardinals didn't win this game with uh, with Palmer thrown for 342 yards and David Johnson ran for 113. It was hard. There's no to... way they shouldn't have scored a touchdown. Time of possession. Arizona 46-21, Seattle 28-39. Yeah, it was hard to admit, it was hard to believe when I watched every second of this game and it was hard to believe that that was the score. Every single time Arizona started the drive, I thought they were going to end up scoring something uh greater than 3. Um, and then they only did that once. It, it was an incredible thing to watch. Yeah. Both teams missed uh field Okay, so the way NFL overtime works each team gets a possession as long as the first possession ends in a field goal or no score. Um, so if you, if the first team to get the ball scores a touchdown, the game is over. If they don't, the other team gets a chance to score. So Cardinals march down, kick the field goal. Seattle march down, kick the field goal. Arizona gets the ball back, marches all the way down to... They got down to the one-yard line, <laughs> took a delay a game, kicked a field goal that hit the upright no good. Yeah. Seattle marches down uh gets all the way down to uh what like the 13 yard line and 
Steven Hoshka misses a 28-yard field goal, just completely shanks it wide left. Now, Hoshka had had a, f- a few issues kicking prior to that. One of the kicks, he actually kicked the ground before he kicked the football. Yep. Yeah, you got a little bit of the grass there. Like, toe straight into the ground. Or whatever they call it at their stadium. Yeah. And uh, just the, the the miscues on the on the kicking game were just laughable. You had, um, I believe it was Bobby Wagner for the Seahawks, jumping over the center and blocking a kick early in the game. It appeared that he made contact with the center, which uh, Chris Collinsworth was talking about all night. Uh, should have been a penalty. Yeah, that was going on all night. Uh, and then he did it again in overtime and definitely made contact. Yep. Uh, and was not called again. I don't know the exact rules on that. Collinsworth Chris... didn't seem to know either. He was kind of confused yeah. about it. He, he, he seemed like he wanted some explanation on just who you know, you're allowed to make contact with. Yeah, I believe Al Michael said later in the game that incidental contact is okay. That's probably you're the not, case. You're not allowed to use the player to launch yourself yeah and that, right. and that's and he didn't do that he did he did touch him going over um there was like this motion with his arm as though he was trying to clear him but it wasn't it, it wasn't uh he wasn't propelling himself right. up into the air off of the his teammate's body or anybody else's body so i get i get that yeah um but it is it was the a little it was a little confusing at the time the one in overtime looked like it should have been a penalty because i don't think he completely cleared the center no right? and I mean, incidental or not, making contact with the other teams a little, I think, is a little is a little bigger. Yeah, well, I, I don't think you're allowed to make contact with the center at all. Yeah, so that no probably, one's allowed to touch him. Yeah, yeah, uh, just kind of an ugly game. Um, I mean, it was entertaining. I, I watched the whole thing, but just just yeah. an ugly, ugly game. Yeah, Cad and Zero looked crushed, and I guess I would feel crushed too if I missed that game winner. Uh, and then you know Hauschka, Hauschka knew right away that he missed. Right. Everybody knew. Everybody knew right away that he missed. Right. And then they cut to they cut to Kent and Zero on the on the uh, sidelines, and you know he's like, "What the heck just happened?" But he's still not happy. Right. Because he still had the game winning kick. He's, he's not vindicated because you guys have a you have a number and then the number and then a number now in your record, he's and that's much, always embarrassing. Yeah. He he was just relieved that, at least that it wasn't his fault. At least all the players seemed to know that it was going to be a tie. Yeah. That's true. But, did Carolina um, win, uh, or what? What did Carolina do the year that they had a tie? They did something big. Oh, the, when they tied Cincinnati. Yeah, that was part of their that was part of their run to get to the playoffs, yeah. and um, so that was kind of interesting. Yeah, but still, it's not. It's embarrassing to have that in your in your record. No, Green Bay Green Bay won that's their true. division with a tie a couple years ago. The year that Aaron Rodgers went down, they tied that game. Yeah, that's true too. To Minnesota with Matt Flynn and Scott Tolzien at quarterback. But yeah, to tie a game this way though, it's like gosh. Yeah, Kick, uh, there were only kicks. That's the only, only scoring in this game. Entire game. Yeah, were off of kickers, and then you have both kickers screw up in the in the overtime yeah that was something well that's our nfl talk for the day we're gonna skip the we're gonna skip the ngl and go straight to the nhl yeah there we go because uh, <sighs> uh, the f and yeah, the f, f g yeah. A, yeah so alphabet bros the uh someone had to do it that's called sesame street oh crap Someone's already got that. <laughs> Dang it. Um, NHL Heritage Classic uh, between the Edmonton Oilers and the Winnipeg Jets. Not the original Winnipeg Jets because hockey is confusing and teams go places where they don't belong. Uh, was yesterday. The game got delayed by like two hours because there was sunlight on the ice. Who would have thought that sunlight could screw up ice? In an outdoor game. Yeah. Who would have thunk? Hmm. Yeah, you got the Edmonton Oilers and the Winnipeg Jets, two teams that uh, uh, recently haven't gotten a lot of buzz. Edmonton's doing all right this year, though. 
I think they may have finally gotten a defenseman. Yeah, that's all in that that uh, Taylor Hall Adam Larson <laughs> trade. Yep, and that's always been the criticism with the Edmonton Oilers is that they they get this top draft pick and each and every time they completely forget about the defense position and they draft a forward. But this time they traded former first overall Taylor Hall Who's for uh, New Jersey's Larson. Was yeah, it? Adam Larson. Adam Larson. Uh, he was our number two defender, getting big minutes every night. And uh, we decided we needed to make a trade to get some offense. And so mm-hmm. we sent him off to Winnipeg, or to, to Edmonton, Edmonton, rather. Yeah. And he's getting big minutes there. And he's. I think they they also picked up a couple other you know smaller name defensemen. Not that Adam Larson's a huge name in the league. Uh, he will be soon. But yeah, they're they're playing different hockey. Yeah. yeah. I feel like that trade, it, it, it worked for both teams. I do feel like New Jersey probably got the better end of it. But but I know that these are, at the moment, they're not huge market teams, and not everybody wants to hear about Winnipeg and Edmonton New Jersey. The game was but, kind of a clunker, too. Yeah, it was a 3 it was a three nothing shutout uh, by Edmonton. I, I think it's fun, but, you know. No, I, I do, too. It, there, was, there was a lot of sloppy play. Yeah, as far as a national nationally televised game and stuff like that, it's you know it's there are way better matchups get way better ratings but i i love the outdoor games i really really do i i wish that they would expand on on it a little bit more i know they're doing three a year and i i get that you don't want to oversaturate with this kind of thing but they've they've used the same venue a couple or at least the same city Mm -hmm. a couple times there are a lot more cold weather cities that could host one of these games i i've had some conflicting feelings throughout the history of this as well i watched the very first one i think it was in 2003 between edmonton and montreal um they played where the Edmonton Eskimos play football in the CFL. Right. Uh, and it was a very great game. That's when we saw Jose Teodor first first time putting that uh, putting that beanie over his hockey helmet, over that his goaltending awesome. helmet. one of the all-time which, awesome shots in hockey history. Which, yeah, which now we see in every game. Both goalies did it this time. You, uh, the players love it because these guys grew up doing this. Um, I've only played, uh, I've played pond hockey in negative uh, degree weather once, and uh, it was, you know, it was hell but these guys grew up doing this and they absolutely love doing it um i used to think too that when, when, when they started a few years ago or i guess several years ago now when they started doing all these games every year i too thought it was oversaturated and that you'd lose some of the magic doing three or four a year you, but you don't but though, then, they still sell out exactly every instantly. time yep every time yeah. i tune in it's still a whole you know it's a whole lot of fun to watch they put on a massive production they always do an alumni game before and this yeah. year we had wayne gretzky mark messier Go, going going up against the recently retired Timu Solani. Uh, Taidomi was out there. It was a lot of fun to watch. It was bad hockey. It's always bad hockey, but it was fun <laughs> to watch. I mean, we've had issues too with the ice and stuff. Like when Washington hosted a game mm-hmm. uh, at FedEx Field um, over there in Landover, uh, there were some issues with it being too warm, and that's something you're going to have to deal with. It's way harder in hockey to do an outdoor game than it is in football. Right. But I don't see why we can't do more of these. Well, and it, I'm looking. I got the the list of of outdoor games here, and the least attended uh, sort of modern day outdoor game is 38,112, and that was at Fenway Park, which. Which doesn't really hold that holds, many. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, they have seating issues with not having an outfield. And you're still looking at a higher, you're well, looking at a higher attendance than you could get in any NHL. Exactly. Yeah. And you, you know what I want to see though? Take one up, get the Red Wings, and uh, probably the, the Jackets. Take them, uh, take them down into Columbus and play at the shoe. Play yeah. at the shoe. Yeah. Well, they they played a game uh, at the Big House. At the, at yep. the Big House. Yeah. And, yep. Up Drew, in Ann Arbor. 
105,000 people. 105,000 yeah. people. For a hockey game. Yeah. And you know what? Those tickets were not cheap. I looked into no. going to that game. Yeah, I look into going to everyone that's within five hours. I mean, it's always too expensive yep. for me. I, to, looked, I, to tried, I, tried to, I tried to get uh, Flyers-Penguins tickets. And yeah. you know. So clearly it works, and it's a lot of fun. And, I, you know, I guess any... Anything I had, any complaints I had, any criticisms that I had, which were based on oversaturation, I guess I don't really believe in anymore. No. You know, I'm going to go we've, back. You've been proven wrong. Yeah, and anything I've ever said bad about this, because, it, like, at the end of the day, it's still a fun hockey game. People went to it. People had fun. NHL made money. Nobody got hurt over this. Let's have the all-star <laughs> game outside. Why not? That would be great. Why not? There's no reason not to have a lot of games outside. Maybe we can maybe we can get someone from the NHL on the horn and we'll someday we'll propose that. Oh, actually, speaking of getting people on the horn, uh, we we do have to apologize, everybody. We were not able to get Dan Marino in studio. There was a conflict. He was busy. Um, can you believe it? Turns out uh, he's never heard of us, and his secretary would not let us talk to him. So uh, our apologies there. But we'll get someone from the NHL next well, week. It's we a darn shame. I don't trust her. I don't believe her. I believe he has heard of us, and just she wouldn't let us talk to him. But anyway, we will. But but next week we will have a guest from the NHL uh, office on, on show, and we're going to pitch <laughs> our All Star game idea to them. Mm-hmm. Gary Bettman yeah, himself. I don't, don't want to say it's Gary Bettman, but it's Gary <laughs> Bettman. We're going to have to get a, a a microphone that can move back and forth with his head oh the man is a walking bobblehead anyways um tell uh tell us what you guys think too about these outdoor games i know that uh, i i know that a lot of people love them a lot of people in this area love them red wings have been involved in about 800 of them so far my favorite my absolute favorite one three and they'll be in one next year yes the wings have been in a bunch was when they played toronto Mm -hmm. and it started snowing yeah Yeah. that happened too in the pittsburgh buffalo game where uh crosby had the uh game winning goal on that one against who was it ty conklin who's been in three of these yeah uh but yeah you've we've got teams in this area who have been a, who have been in a lot of these outdoor games it's kind of Blackhawks have been in for, some. for some of these west coast and southern teams though well they're getting involved la had the one anaheim had one right but you know you got team, you got the florida teams you got uh yeah. dallas you got well they just can't host them but but they're, well, they're, i mean they're not even being considered as the away team yeah for a lot of these yeah well hopefully we get them i know they want to do the biggest market ones because they do want to make sure it makes money somehow the senators had one i think dallas uh, chicago Vancouver. would be a fantastic matchup yeah that's always a good matchup regardless i think outdoors uh especially you know this year since both teams are well right now both who knows what both teams are doing but both right. teams are expected to be good and dallas both teams is having its struggles with their yeah. injuries and chicago's having their just their struggles because they can't play defense yeah about that i was i was at uh a chicago game i was in columbus the other day uh when columbus won three to two over Chicago, and that was kind of shocking. Um, it, as far as attendance, we get there, and honestly, you would have sworn you were at United Center if maybe they updated the lights That's how and seats the, uh, and bathrooms game. and everything else. Yeah, but uh, it was it was basically a Chicago home game with how that with you know how it sounded, the atmosphere and everything until Columbus scored. Um, and they scored on a power play because going into that game, Chicago had a penalty kill of 47.1%. That is terrible. This team used to be known kind of for their defense. Names like Keith and Seabrook. Right. They used to have Dustin Bufflin. Uh, but they're forty-seven point one percent on a penalty kill. They gave up a goal twenty-three seconds uh, into the first Columbus power play. They're actually forty-two point nine. So they according went, to the NHL. So they went down. Website. Yeah, because it's been a few games. Uh, they let in two power play goals uh, in this game. They let in, I think they let in another against Toronto uh, in in the next game, um, where I, th- I believe they won five to four. But but in anyways. Um, 
you know, they did a good job uh, getting a goal back, but then 47 seconds into another power play, Columbus scores again. Uh, and, you know, then we have Columbus's third goal is tipped in through a screen. Uh, watching that game, um, I think, honestly, Duncan Keith was the best player in that game. The, the way that Keith moves the puck and everything, he plays great defense and he starts some good offense. He started some good rushes in that game, too. I believe one of them was a scoring rush. Uh, but they got to, not only does Chicago got to work, on what to do when they're on the penalty kill, but they have to work on not getting on the penalty kill. Well, that's yeah, that's been their biggest issue. Yeah, stay, I think, is, is stay out of the box. Yeah, and you won't have to worry about what your PK percentage is. Every every game I've seen so far this year uh, involving them, and I, I've I've actually watched a couple of them. Um, it it does seem like they've got a guy in the box every every six to seven minutes. Yeah, Panic was uh, Panic was responsible for one of them here, and you know he he didn't you don't really say that a guy. I don't really think he redeemed himself by scoring a goal. I think he just should have not had such a terrible penalty in the first place. These were bad penalties in this game. Um, Like I said, it was shocking to watch. It started out as a Chicago atmosphere, but almost immediately it turned back into a Columbus atmosphere. And I know we talked about uh, Nationwide before on the show and about how they get when their team's doing well. And it was really fun to see. It was kind of impressive to see the Columbus fans overtake the Chicago fans who were definitely there in greater numbers. Yeah, It was interesting to see the Columbus fans... (laughs) Thought I had that turned off. Oh, boy. No, it's not The Price is Right. But Tom's alarm uh, is, and it just went off. Fantastic. Uh, That's our cue to let Michael say something. Yeah, I guess. That's me. Uh, So another issue has been their goaltending a little bit. Yes, Corey Corey Crawford is having a lot of trouble. Uh, They they didn't start him in the game following this. They started Scott Darling. He's over three. Uh, 3.8? 3.34 goals against. Uh, His save percentage is... 886. So, yeah, that's very not great. Bad. Yeah, that's yeah. not great. Uh, league average is, I think, 902. That's like stars goalie bad. Yep. But, I and mean, when you got the defense not doing anything in front of you, that's what's going to happen. Like I said, Duncan Keith is great. Um, I loved watching him that whole game. I thought he was the best player in that game as far as Chicago is concerned. But he can't do everything. Seabrook's not Seabrook anymore so much, it seems. Uh, but, you know, Crawf- Crawford's always been a question mark, too, these past few years. He's won the Cups, but he's he's still kind of been iffy. Well, two of their wins have come from Scott Darling. Right, and they don't have a lot of wins. <laughs> but he's not much better at 3.38 goals against per game and a 900 save percentage. Yeah. Yeah, so Chicago's got a lot of Chicago's got a lot of questions to answer yeah. still. If they're going to be competitive this year, um, one one high point for for the Blackhawks, uh, Marion Hosa. Yes, absolutely, five hundredth goal. Yeah, congratulations to Marion Hosa. I've always been a huge Hosa fan. Um, you know, he played for Ottawa, so that's part of it. I've always really liked Hosa, though. I think he's kind of cool. He's he's kind of a classy guy. I uh, I worked with a guy once who was from Slovakia. They actually uh, grew up in the same town together, and it was always fun to talk to him about Hosa. Cause I think he, I think he like sort of knew him through somebody. But um, yeah, uh, congratulations to Hosa. I love Hosa. He's bounced, he's bounced around through some teams there when he was searching for that Stanley Cup uh, with what Pittsburgh and then Chicago and I don't know who else. Uh, it might have just New, been it. Was he with New York too? No, I don't uh, think Detroit. So. Wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. He yeah he missed a couple Stanley Cups in a row or something like that. Yeah. Uh, before finally landing in one. But yeah, very happy for him. Yeah, and then, and then not, we, not the only milestone. Yeah, we, we had another huge, no. even bigger milestone. Friend of the show, <laughs> Yarmir Yager. He's not our friend, but we're his. He just doesn't know it yet. The show's friend. Um, we joined the uh, 750 Gold Club. 
Yep, he's he now only trails only uh, Wayne Gretzky eight hundred ninety four and Gordy Howe eight hundred and one career goals. Yep. So if he just plays for five he more could. years, yeah. So how much? Which he might. He could. He spent a couple years overseas. He spent a couple years in Europe, and that's got to be killing him. If he, if he's as concerned about this number I don't as we think that he is. yeah right yeah we're very concerned about this number because we love Yager here. Yeah. Um, well, the thing is, he's he's said that those couple of years overseas were instrumental to him loving hockey again right and so if he doesn't go overseas he right has probably retired by now and yeah so he couldn't yeah he it's not exactly probably something he'd want to trade um because it did help him at least get here uh we don't have a poster of him in the studio yet but we're probably gonna get at least a picture of his mullet because we absolutely love, ya- love yager we, we also <laughs> love the guys that go to the games in all of his jerseys with yes. the fake mullets yeah those we guys love, are great well, actually i don't know if they're all fake uh yeah some of those might, some be, of real. Those might be real mullets. these are canadians we love those mullet guys it's awesome um Tom and I, Tom and I have uh, been fortunate that he he's actually played for our favorite teams. Uh, he was a Devil for season and a half, yep. two seasons. He was a star for only one season uh, or half a season. We traded him to New Jersey, correct? No. Uh, where do we ship no. him? I don't know. Anyway, we had him Somewhere. for half a season, and I absolutely loved having him there. Um, very disappointed when he when he got traded and we weren't able to bring him back. He was our leading scorer for that full season and the team MVP. That's incredible because he's he was in his late thirties when he did that mid thirties yeah. late thirties. Well, but then again, being the lead scorer on the Devils, not yeah, but still not really difficult. But but, but still, to be the leader of somebody like he's kind of bumped around on these teams here, but to still be leading in some way, in one way or another, yeah, he, especially um, in that way, in an actual like scoring way at that age is pretty impressive. His career so far, um, he was with the Pittsburgh Penguins from nineteen ninety through two thousand one. The Washington Capitals from 01 to 04. The Rangers from 03 all the way to 08. And then he took those couple years off, came back to the Flyers from 2000, uh, from 2011 to 12, played half a season with the Stars in 2012, was traded to the Bruins to finish out that year. I forgot about the Bruins. Played two years with the Devils, and now he's been in Florida for the last two years, uh, where he remains this year. He's been everywhere. He's been a blast to watch everywhere he's been. He's put up solid numbers. And, uh, you know, we've, we've said it many times. We'll say it many more times that he is just one of our absolute favorite players, every single one of us. Um, we've all been fortunate enough to see him play live a couple of times each. And we've each uh, gotten to see him score a point. So that's been been very special to us. Yep, we love him. So, um, keep keep doing you, Yager. Yes. Keep, keep hacking away at it. You know, if he plays 10 more years... I'd be a happy, happy man. <laughs> yeah. And I yeah. think he could, he could to some degree. He yeah. said before that he'd like to play until he's 50. Well, uh, if I'll, anyone could, he could. Yeah, I'll miss Yager when he's gone, but... We like we like to see him hit this record and and you know stay relevant and continue to be recognized in a by game the hockey that community. keeps getting younger and younger. Yeah, yeah. We've got more we've got more eighteen and nineteen year olds in the league every year. Mm-hmm. Austin Matthews, yep. nineteen year old. So. I mean, think about it, guys. A couple more twenty goal seasons and he's at eight hundred. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's not it's not out of the realm of possibility for a guy who is still playing at this level. Right. Oh, congratulations to Hosa and Yager. And uh, we look forward to many, many more goals from each one of those guys look as long for, as they're not against the Stars. We look forward to them both being on the show. So. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely going to get them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, their their secretaries are way nicer than Dan yeah. Marino's I, I know we've said definitely before, but we really, really mean it this time. So on the women's hockey side of things, mm-hmm. had a couple of games over the weekend. Yeah, we did. Uh, I watched the Connecticut-Buffalo game. Connecticut Whale visited the Buffalo Buttes. Um, you thought it was going to be a laugher. 
It was four to nothing, uh, Connecticut after four minutes and thirty two seconds. I actually turned it off after that. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, you thought it was gonna be a laugher. Uh, with there were two goals from Haley Skarupa, uh, who's in, who's an incredible hockey player, by the way, MVP from Boston so far this, this yeah, season. Yeah, yeah, from Boston. Um, uh, which Boston? Got to be specific there, uh, though. Yeah, let me take a <laughs> but, quick look here. But anyway, Haley Haley Skarupa was amazing. Connecticut was amazing. But uh, after the first period, it was five to one. So you still thought, "Yep, this game's over. Connecticut's just going to skate around until the final horn." But Buffalo brought it all the way back to five to four. Uh, coming into the second period, they uh, brought in uh, the they brought in the backup goalie. They pulled McLaughlin. Um, uh, between periods, uh, uh, or sorry, they uh, they pulled in Levey, uh to put in McLaughlin. Well, and they have been doing that this season. They've been giving one period to one of the goalies mm-hmm. and then two to the other. Yeah, so they might have they might have done that anyways. But Buffalo brought it all the way back to five to four. Then it was six to five, but they couldn't hold on. Um, uh, I thought McLaughlin was great since coming in. Uh, but honestly, I don't think that all those goals were completely Levey's fault. Uh, Again, Buffalo, you know, Buffalo did a lot of a lot of work to make uh to make the game uh, you know, interesting. Right. And it really was interesting for those last two periods. Buffalo was dominating all over. You thought that they didn't have a chance. You thought you were watching two completely different leagues play in that first period. Um Again, we we watched this on uh, on YouTube uh, for free. The NWHL stream uh, all of their games uh, live on YouTube uh, for no cost at all. Um, sometimes there are streaming issues. You know, they have technical difficulties. So do we. It happens. Yeah. I think you know CBS and Fox Sports. They're going to have technical difficulties too. Right. Uh, but there were there were some issues with this game. There were some streaming issues. But when you're doing this for free and you're a startup and you're a four team startup whose highest paid player is you know 26k that's gonna that's bound to happen if you hang in there you're gonna get the game and if you hang in there you're gonna get a competitive game like i hung in there with this one you know i could have turned it off too and just said you know all right this wasn't fun Uh, i mean like i said i I did turn it off a lot of that had to do with the fact that there was so much more going on in the world of sports yeah it was a bit right (laughs) it's very hard it's very hard when you got so much i know i posted on a website uh you know I, i did say like hey with with as many smart tvs and laptops and phones and tablets and everything that can access YouTube, there's still a way to probably have this game on. And, yeah. and but but yeah, with all the baseball and all the football and everything that's going on, it is still a little tough to watch a startup. Well, you know, yeah. no matter well, what the sport is, it's a little tough to get it. But and it's a little bit tougher for me, you know, having to worry about the three kids in addition to trying to prep for the show each week. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I, I watched the whole thing and it was great. Um, so, but yeah, that that was the Connecticut Buffalo game. You've what you got? What what were the uh, going going to? Um, like the shots, I guess it was it was uh, it was twenty eight twenty three Buffalo, so they caught up on offense. But neither team had anything on the power play. Uh, Connecticut went zero for four. Buffalo went zero for two. What are their uh, where are they at in the standings now? I know one of the teams was one one one. Uh, let's check another it was, out here. And another was one and one. Uh, um, let's see. Pride or four and zero. Yeah. So the yeah the Boston Pride who are we're going to feature in this next game are four and zero, and I, I don't think they're going to lose a game anytime soon. No. Uh, the Buttes. Are one and two. Yeah, so dropping that game yesterday, they went to one and two. Yeah. So Connecticut went to two, one and one. Uh, the Whale are two, one and one. Or no, uh, the the Whale are two and one. They've only played three games. Uh, the Buttes are one, two and one. There you go. Okay, I knew somebody had a tie in or a overtime loss rather. And the Riveters are zero oh and three. We we're talking about ties with the producer uh, Eric before the show here in sports, and I still kind of miss him. But that's why I've got ties on the brain. And then we got last night's football game. Right. I got ties on the brain here. <laughs> 
I love sports tie. I am conflicted. Except everyone goes home not unhappy. Yeah, except in football. It's uh, and hockey. It's I guess with hockey, we were so used to there being ties in hockey. Right. Growing up watching the sport, we had ties all the time in hockey. Uh, There weren't ties in football till Donovan McNabb uh, came into the league. It was the first one ever. Poor Donovan. Or so he thought back when they had that infamous tie that kind of kicked off a a generation of football tie. But to the (laughs) bottom. Six six and nine years. I mean, that's quite a bit. And I was at a Cleveland game where they they hosted Cincinnati, I think, back in 09, where it was seven seconds, six or seven seconds away from being a tie. But uh, back to that uh, Boston game. How'd that one go, Tom? Uh, The the Pride defeated the Riveters five to one. um, And... I mean, that's just the pride are just that good. It's 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 not that the Riveters are bad. Although the Riveters, I don't think of one. No, they're they're <laughs> on three, but they're. I mean, they are still the the best hockey players, you know, women's hockey players on the planet. It's just that they are the you know fourth best team out of four. Right. You're gonna have a little bit of disparity. Right. Um, shots on goal were 35 to 17 in favor of the Pride, which kind of explains it. Right. Um. The Pride did have a shorthanded goal, so their uh, their special teams are are special. Know, yeah, yeah. New uh, New York's got a lot to work on. Right. Um, Can't hear special teams without thinking of Ralph Wiggum. Yeah, yeah. No, no, New York New York has a lot to work on as a team. Well, and one of their issues actually is the uh, the the pay for the athletes. It costs a lot of money to live in New York City. It sure does. And they play they play at Prudential Center. Uh, they play at, well, they play at, um, what is it, Barnaby Health Hockey House, which Barnabas. is... Barnabas. Barnabas, sorry. Barnabas um, from the old uh, Dark Shadows Health Hockey House, uh, which is uh, the practice rink for the New Jersey Devils, the Prudential Center in Newark. And so, you it's know, not cheap. it's it's really difficult to, to get the best players uh, when you really can't pay them to be able to live in your city that's why the, that's why the fans everybody listening you guys need to get into this you need you need, yeah. need, need to get online buy the merchandise the players get a cut yep 15 percent. i've got uh we've got serious plans to go out there and, and see uh we're still looking at the schedule it's a little it's a little rough getting out there that's another thing about the cost is it's tough it's tough for people to travel five hours to to that region all four teams being in that region it's right. tough to travel that far yeah buffalo to, being the closest for us is yeah still right five hours yeah yeah but um you know um i know i've got serious plans to get out there to see I, and i'm fully on board as long as we can put it all together and all three of us can make it <laughs> yeah We'll even take Eric. Yeah, we'll get some. Well, uh, at least one or two of us will get out there um, to see a game because we really do love it. It, it. it does stink when you're watching it on YouTube to to see you know an empty an empty stadium, but. Well, I mean, the they, first Super Bowl they, didn't sell out. Yeah, that's true. They they do have good attendance. It's just that the you know the venues are much much smaller. Um, yeah, they're usually practice rinks, which only have seating on one side. Yeah, like seating the, on one uh, side. The Pride play at uh, Warrior Ice Arena, I think, and that is where the Bruins practice. Mm-hmm. In Harbor Center, where the Buffalo plays, um, it's not it's not the uh, same facility as as where the Buffalo Sabers play, but I think it's like a multi use, multi rinks uh, facility nearby. Right. It's got like I think it has uh, like multiple levels. I think there's like a second floor ice rink, which I'd be which I'd love to see. I don't think that was possible because I don't really think about these things. It blows my mind. Right. Yeah. Ice on the second floor. Well, again, everybody, check out the check out the women's hockey. It's fantastic. It's free. It's on YouTube. They play every weekend at least two games. So please get on, check it out. 
Um, we're going to swing over to the world of basketball. Um, you guys got your pillows and blankets? Yep. Okay. I kinda, I'm probably going to go use the uh, uh, facilities here the while li- you talk about the, basketball. The little delivery boys room? <laughs> yep. Um, uh, so uh, NBA season tips off tomorrow. Uh, everything starts off with New York at Cleveland. Cleveland will get to Cle- – <laughs> He is going to the restroom. Um, Cleveland will tip things off with their uh, celebration of their championship from last year, uh, which I believe they moved the time so as not to conflict with the start of the World Series. They didn't expect this, did they? No, they didn't. They really, really did not. Um, so they'll tip things off against uh, Derrick Rose and the Knicks. Shouldn't uh, they want to play a good team for the first they, game of the season? No, you want your defending champs to come out and win. Nobody wants to see the defending champs lose. People want to see good basketball, though. Um, the Knicks, yeah, added a lot of a lot of pieces this year. Um, I said they got they brought in Derrick Rose, Joe Kim Noah. Um, they got uh, Brandon Jennings and Justin Holiday. You know, all this to go with Carmelo Anthony, who'd already been there, and um, they they think they're going to be competitive this year. I'm not sold. Well, I I think that the the problem all along has been Carmelo. He doesn't work well with others. Well, yes and no. Um, I mean, he's I'm not trying to compare him to Jordan. Nobody get the wrong idea about this, but he's more Jordan than he is, you know, uh, uh trying to think of a, you know, pass first guy. He's more Jordan than he is Jason Kidd, John Stockton that, you know, but he's a bigger guy. They're they're more scorers than you know, they're more of a scorer than the little guys would be, but I don't think it's all Carmelo's fault. They just they haven't had the right pieces around him. They tried Amari Stoudemire. That didn't work out. But of course, that was partly due to Amari's bad knees and everything. Right. Um. So you know that that'll be game one tomorrow. Game two is going to be Utah and Portland. Um. I don't really know what to make of these two teams. Uh. Portland obviously kind of on a downturn a little bit here recently. Um. Utah. Made some big moves in the offseason. They got Boris Diaw, uh, used to be with the Spurs, traded for George Hill. Uh, so it looks like they're trying to put things together. I expect them to be uh, competitive in the West. Um, they're not going to challenge Golden State or San Antonio right. for the for the top of the top of the mountain, but um, they should still be pretty competitive. I don't expect Portland to make the playoffs. I really don't. Um, and then the the final game tomorrow. You're going to have the San Antonio Spurs visiting the Golden State Warriors. And that's the matchup that everybody should want to watch. It is. Uh, you got the new look Golden State Warriors adding Kevin Durant, uh, letting um, Harrison Barnes go to Dallas, I believe. Um, but, you know, they're obviously returning Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Andre Iguodala, Damon um, Green. They Anderson are still Bergeau. largely the same team. Uh, they signed David West away from the Spurs. Uh, West opted out and went up to go chase a championship in Golden State. Um, I don't really understand that because you could also chase a championship right where you are in San Antonio. Right. Well, and, you know, with the mo- with that cap space and the cap space from DL leaving, the Spurs were able to bring in uh, guys like Pau Gasol and David Lee to shore up the front court uh also Dwayne Dedman is going to be coming off the bench for them quite a bit um they will be without uh Danny Green defensive and three-point specialist for this first matchup um these are the two teams that I expect to see in the Western Conference Finals this year absolutely even without Tim Duncan I think the Spurs are going to be there we are finally going to get that uh San Antonio Golden State matchup that we've wanted to see I think uh yeah I don't think they'll disappoint this year um I, I expect Golden State, they're not going to get the 73 wins again. No. They're well, just not. It it just doesn't happen like that, you know? Uh, I mean, you look at when the Heat put put uh, LeBron, Dwayne, and Bosh together, they struggled that first year. 
they weren't cohesive. They, you know, they had growing pains, just like any other team that makes free agent additions does. Right. Um, I expect the same thing out of Golden State. You know, yeah, they'll probably still be a 60-win team, but I think it's going to be rough going early on. Um, I would not be surprised to see, to see San Antonio upset them in this first game. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're not going to have that 24-0 start again either. Right. And, you know, San Antonio, it's now Kawhi Leonard's team. Yeah. It, it, it's there's no doubt and I there were reports over the last week that LaMarcus Aldridge is maybe a little bit uh ticked off about that that uh he wanted to be the center of attention there but you got a guy like Kawhi who can dominate on defense you know more than any other player in the league right now and can still put up 24 points a game and he's pulling down eight rebounds and yeah and that, I mean it, it essentially was his team last year well yes and no I mean you know what? This year, it's probably still Tim Duncan's team. Yeah. But no, uh, yeah, I mean, he was starting to take the spotlight and everything, but the players were still looking to Tim for the guidance. And they will look to Manu and Tony for the guidance this year, too. But it is, uh, I think Kawhi is now the leader. Yeah, he's he's the, uh, he's definitely the on-court leader. Maybe maybe other it'll be a, a timeshare in the locker room as to who's giving the pep talks and whatnot. Right. Um, I, say, I expect these teams to match up in the West. Um, and I, I fully expect Cleveland to be there in the East. Uh, we're, you know, we're not as into basketball as much as the other sports. So we're just going to give quick predictions on who we think, um, is going to match up in the NBA finals and who we think is going to win the MVP this year. Well, overall, how do we think the Pacers are going to this year? They might sneak in. I mean, uh, you know, we probably could, a seven we, seed. Yeah. We should talk about them being an area team at yeah. least. Uh, yeah, I think the Pacers, uh, will sneak in too. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we got the Pistons up North too. And I, I expect the Pistons to probably be on the bottom end of the East too. Um, maybe an eight seed. Um, they, I've seen them a couple times over the past few years, and uh, they're getting stronger every single every single year. It looks like they're getting stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, they signed uh, Boban Marjanovic to a huge contract. Boban, um, he's seven foot three. He played for the Spurs last year, limited minutes. The guy's just gigantic. Uh, it's fun to watch him play. Uh, they got him to go next to Andre Drummond in the front court. Um, Kentavious Caldwell Pope, their shooting guard. I love watching this kid play. I really do. Um, last year, he averaged 14.5 points, uh, 3.7 rebounds, 1.8 assists. He's electric when he's on when he's on the court, and I'd like to see him get more minutes per game this year. Um, I think he can he can hoist them up and maybe maybe challenge for a five or six seed. I do, like I said, I expect him to be seven or eight seeds. You think he's gonna work his way into that top guy role? Oh, I think so. I really do. Uh, I'm very excited to see him this year. Uh, I, I do want to get up to the palace to catch a game at some point, as I have the past couple seasons. Well, that's really been their problem is they haven't really had that number one star there in the no, past few years. They tried with Greg Monroe. They tried with Andre Drummond. They're they're just not – you can't have a big man be your focal point anymore. Right. But uh, it, it, it'll be interesting to see what they do this year. Um, also, you know, we're in the NBA. We've, you know, we've got the Cavs and the Pistons and the Pacers close. And uh, David and I are going to go to Chicago for a game this year. Yeah, not, yeah, we have a game set up to go to. It's not till February, so right. we're going to try to get to. We're going to try to get to in, uh, Indiana and to get to Detroit, Cleveland uh, too, and, uh, and Cleveland before that. But uh, to get get a few more game reports that are a little, a little bit, uh, closer yeah, than so. February. But yeah. Uh, yeah, we do plan to see. Um, the Denver Nuggets in in Chicago. Yeah. We're hoping that at that point both teams are still competitive, but you right. never you never really know. Uh, at least we'll get to see the new look Bulls adding yep. Dwayne Wade and Robin Lopez this year. Yep, that's um, gonna be exciting to watch. You know they've still got Jimmy Butler and uh, they brought in Michael Carter Williams, so it looks like that's gonna be a pretty good squad. Um, 
I I don't see them challenging Cleveland uh, that much, but I do expect them to be uh, to be one of the better teams in the East this season. Yeah, so that'll be fun to that'll be fun to see. Hopefully, we can get out to those other uh, cities uh, before that too. Um, I I think that we'll be able to. Um, I know I, I really like being able to provide an actual you know um, eyewitness game report. Right. Uh, it's it's better when you talk about the teams with you know with seeing them with your own two eyes yeah. and not through not through the television screens. Yeah, and you know broadening my, broadening my horizons with with the uh, basketball too. Right. Um, I'm really excited to do that. So yeah, we we had a lot of fun at that Pacers Spurs game last year. Oh yeah, um, yeah. We know, we got to see the Pacers upset them. And it, for me, knowing a lot more about basketball than these guys, it was fun to watch them kind of figure it out on their own and you know every we once figured in a while, out every single rule tom and i yeah every and once in a while they'd ask a question and be like hey is 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 this right is that what happened and, you know i'd be like yeah that's that's this it's pretty cool to watch them uh get it and try to get them a little bit more into basketball yeah that, well that's what we encourage to everybody too that's why we that's why we sell um you know we're selling this sport or selling that sport so hard on the show because we do want people to like go and experience this themselves too exactly like yeah, we have a show and we feel that in a lot of ways we, um, we're an authority here or there, but we do want people to go out and learn this stuff for themselves. I had a lot of fun learning, learning the sport of basketball, a sport that I've really ignored largely over, over my entire life here, uh, at least compared to other sports. Um, it was, it's still fun to go out there and figure out the sport yourself because that gets you more engaged in it too. Um, understanding the rules, I think, is a really important thing for a fan of any sport because I go to so many hockey games where people want to scream for 60 minutes shoot it yeah. uh, which is not oh, even in basketball too shoot it shoot, shoot it everyone yeah just shoot it yeah it doesn't always work that way it might look like a straight line from the from the puck to the net uh but it you know it, there's, there's gonna be five guys <laughs> in between it by the time it gets there and you gotta imagine too uh all those guys who aren't standing between uh the the shooter and the net have sticks that are kind of long too that right. are gonna easily uh block a shot so you know very, you know please learn the rules please learn the strategy before you go to a game and just scream but you know even if well you know don't learn it before you go but like when you go to that game try to understand what's going right. on try maybe instead of yelling shoot it maybe understand why he's not shooting it right. and stuff like that well, in the so world I, of smartphones it's a lot easier to come up with that stuff but you know yeah. you're sitting there and you watch it and you're like well no why did they do that so you're, yeah, gonna, exactly. you're gonna pull your phone out and see why the point guard is throwing it in from the baseline right or, instead of you know yeah you get to understand what dump and chase hockey is why mm-hmm. they just why they just shoot it in there and everybody turned around um you know yeah it's a good it's a good idea to try to figure out why they did that stuff i i when i when i was watching basketball i was trying to be open-minded and say like okay so why'd he do that why'd he pass down there when i thought he had a shot from there and you get to learn the strengths and weaknesses of different players too you get to understand like what is ginobili's job on on the court it is to flash around (laughs) yeah like what is distract other players yeah so why didn't this guy shoot well maybe he's got a different skill set than this guy maybe he's got a different role when he's on the court too not not everybody shoots threes exactly you know so yeah but yeah no it's 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 very nice getting to getting to experience it with someone who who doesn't maybe know what's going on uh as much as you do uh, and you know like we said we encourage you to go out and, f- and learn the rules of these things that's that is why we push the women's hockey so hard yeah right and that's i mean that well that's what we, that's, that's i want what you the, to experience something new yeah and that's what the love of sports is just in in general is learning i mean look at us we were open-minded enough that you know i watched golf yeah when we had alex on the show <laughs> i watched golf i don't do that yeah so that's what we want that's what we want to help you guys achieve uh, lead by example there yeah and and and, you know wherever you are you know if you're anywhere near even a moderate sized city chances are you have a a minor league team of some type right in that city go and check them out 
Um, minor league tickets are very inexpensive, and a lot of these places they like to promote a family atmosphere. So you know, it's a good way to get take into... your kids, take your friends, go and watch a game, get out there and see some sports. Yeah, it's a good way to get into any sport. Um, we're we're really lucky here where we have the Toledo Mudhens baseball who feed the Detroit Tigers, and we right. also have the Toledo Walleye hockey who feed the Detroit Red Wings. Yeah. Um, it's a great, it's a it's very uh, accessible, easily accessible way to uh, to learn a sport. So that when you do want to start going to big league games or watching big league games on television you know what's going on you've got a frame of reference but yeah as far as the nba predictions um so uh let's let's start off who who do we think is going to be the nba finals matchup oh um cleveland and uh i'd really like to see the mavericks do it but i don't think they will they're not good enough this year um it's i'll go ahead and say that the spurs are going to do it this year really yeah who do you think is going to win i gotta go with cleveland they're i mean they're just so dominant yeah all right, yeah. Uh, David? Uh, I think we're going to have um, a repeat matchup. Third straight year? Yeah, I think we're going to once again have the Warriors versus uh, the Land of Cleves. Who do you, you think is going to take it home? Winning that? Man, it's really, really, really hard to say. I think it's going to be another Game 7. Um, I see. I don't know. I see the Warriors dominating again in the regular season. I think that they could pull out a championship again. It's just so tough because I, you know, we've got the beginning. We had the beginnings of a dynasty in both cities. Right. right. It's it's so very hard, especially when I see a repeat matchup. It's so very hard to see say who's going to win. Uh, who's going to win that? I don't know. I th- I would lean Golden State, but I won't be shocked if we have a repeat outcome. Right. Um, I am going to go ahead and say it's going to be uh, Golden State and Cleveland again. I expect Cleveland to pull off the repeat. Uh, like I said earlier, I think Golden State's going to have those same struggles that the Heat had starting off. They're not gonna they're not gonna be able to gel the way that everyone thinks they will. And uh, it's it's not it's not gonna end well for them as far as the championship. But they are gonna have the seeds planted to be able to be a uh, staying power for quite a few years so and i mean golden state they are going to have another monster uh regular season that they are going to have another of the quote uh best regular seasons ever i I expect 65 to 68 wins they're going to have upwards of 60 wins they're going to be probably the number one seed again yes and they're going to go deep into the playoffs. It's it's likely going to be that San Antonio Golden State matchup. Right. It would it would be nice to see. Uh, we, you know, believe me, Tom. I hope you're right, and I hope the Spurs are there in the finals, and I hope they win it. But uh, I I think Golden State is going to be a little bit too powerful at that point. Um, and I but I do believe that LeBron will will his team to another win, uh, same as he did last year, single handedly. So it wasn't single. He had Kyrie running with them all. In the, in that last game, it was pretty much single handed. <laughs> um. So MVP, uh, I think it's going to be LeBron. I think he's going to come back after this championship, and I think he's just going to absolutely dominate this league. Agreed. Yep. We're going to, I think all three of us are behind that one. I think Steph Curry's play is going to be a little bit diluted because of, uh, because of Kevin Durant being there now. Um, he's not going to, not going to have the same stats that he did. He might, you know, shoot threes at the same percentage, but I think they're going to be fewer. Um, and uh, Durant being part of a part of that team, I don't think he's going to be up there in the conversation this year. Um, you know, they could prove us all wrong, and most teams do. But uh, no, yeah. So we all think it's going to be LeBron taking home the MVP. Uh, one final piece of NBA news: um, 
So the NBA announced they are going to broadcast one game per week, at least one game per week in virtual reality. Mm-hmm. Virtual reality. Making many, many, many people very, <laughs> very sick. Exactly. Yeah, we'll see. Um, anytime anyone wants to bring in the, the, the new technology, I'm always cautiously optimistic. We, The NFL tried the thing with the Twitter this year, and I think okay. it's going all right. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's like... Like I said, you're going to have technical difficulties no matter what you're going to try. Anything new. Uh, they, I know there were some streaming issues with what with the first Thursday game, but and there's you know there's little hiccups here and there, but you get the same hiccups uh, streaming movies on your phone right. that, that aren't you know that aren't even live, um, and it's going to get worked out. A lot of it probably comes down to your carrier more than Twitter or uh, the NFL. Uh, it's working out there. I'd love to see what happens with VR. The only thing with VR is I don't think a lot of people are a setup for it um you know I, I i don't know exactly what i have to do to I, get ready uh, for I it i don't know if we have to but, have uh, the headset thing or anything I, like that well I, I know that um you know samsung phones or have something going on right where where you're going to be able to do that um so you know it'll be interesting i'll try to check it out as much as i can and yeah yeah if we can demo it somehow if we can if we can if we can uh enjoy this uh this experiment we'll let you know exactly how 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 you know how we think it uh is going to work out you know we'll give you our reactions if we get access to uh this technology or whatever we need to do i'm a little i'm a little ignorant ignorant on what we have to do to uh, yeah i am too to do this but i mean you know vr is huge right now uh it's it's huge in gaming now finally well i mean um, i just i like i wonder how it's going to work are they going to have you know are is it going to be like your uh you're in the, uh, you know, in the stands, or are you going to be court level, or you know, I don't, yeah. I don't know really what it's going to be like. And there's, you know, until uh, we see what's going to happen with it, it's something to be, right? You know, yeah, we'll check that, we'll check that out, we'll get back to you. Yeah, um, crazy weekend in college football. Uh, we're going to touch on a couple of games uh, really quickly for you. OSU lost to Penn State uh, <laughs> Saturday night. Um, it sure did. Everything looked to be going pretty well for OSU, and then all of a sudden, uh, Penn State blocked a punt. Took it down on the ensuing drive for a field goal. Uh, OSU gets the ball back, and they drive down to attempt a field goal to go up. They were hoping to go up 24-17, to 17, um, but uh, kick winds up getting blocked, and uh, Grant Haley for Penn State returns at 60 yards for the go-ahead and you know game-winning touchdown. OSU had a chance late to try to drive it down and at least tie the game, but uh, JT Barrett sacked on consecutive plays to end the game. Uh, Penn State just needed to do, uh, kneel, kneel on the ball three times and run it out. Um, the loss dropped Penn, uh, uh, dropped Ohio State from number two in the rankings, uh, all the way down to number six. Yep. Yeah. And, and honestly, OSU has not looked like the dominant team the last couple of weeks. They've, they've sort of been, you know, they've still been good, but, the other team has arguably been better in in both of these games, and and Penn State finally found a way to actually you know pull it out and win it. Right. Yeah. It um just crazy game. I was listening to it on the radio on the way back from Cedar Point. Uh, that's where I was during during the Cubs game. Uh, so I had to watch that on my phone in line for a ride. Um, but uh, I was listening to this on the radio on the way back, and I was I was blown away when they blocked those two kicks. Um. I was not expecting that outcome. I think we all were kind of expecting OSU to, uh, yeah, we said last week, to run the table and have yeah. an undefeated matchup with UM. Yeah, um, yeah. we had a listener ask us on Facebook what we thought of the game, and I, I asked Tom if he would get on there and make a comment, and yeah, you know, I, we're pretty sure. I that was it, dead wrong. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, if I would have made the comment, I would have been dead wrong, too. Yeah, all three all three of us, you know, fully expected it. Um, 
crazy game uh, between Oklahoma and Texas Tech. Oklahoma beat the Red Raiders 66 to 59. Yep, that's 359 combined points. Is it? <laughs> Math is hard. <laughs> um, it's a lot of points. So just listen to these stats. Uh, total yards, Oklahoma 854, Texas Tech 854. Rushing no, yards. No, you just said that. <laughs> rushing yards, 309 to 120. Passing yards, 545 to 734. 734 oh passing yards for Texas Tech. God. <laughs> and so I didn't get to watch this game. I watched the highlights, and years past, you could see the sun setting and rising in the background as I'm watching the highlights. And, right. You know, fall turned to winter, turned to spring, turned to summer at least nine times while I was watching the highlights. Just <laughs> so many amazing plays uh in this game baker mayfield for the sooners the 545 yards passing seven touchdowns um joe mixon 263 rushing yards two touchdowns dd westbrook 202 receiving yards two touchdowns um patrick mahomes had those 734 passing yards for texas tech five touchdowns interception that just doesn't make any sense that that number like looking at that number so the (laughs) one guy through that right the the (laughs) the receivers uh wanted 172 yards 167 99 75 68 49 44 27 19 14 yeah so he spread it around and you know you got four receivers over 75 just so much offense and obviously these teams aren't known for for their defense they play in the big 12 but did they combine for what two tackles <laughs> yeah two tackles on the on the on the whole game um but yeah just amazing outcome uh for that game uh, i did enjoy the highlights i recommend you guys go check them out if you didn't get to watch the game or even if you did it's still fun to watch again yeah, if you like scoring highlights that's the one to watch it's yeah just yeah oh and then another huge score uh for one team auburn beat arkansas 56 to 3 in a pick that i somehow got right golly <laughs> um arkansas uh their leading rusher had 22 yards um couldn't get it going in the passing game either uh only 187 or uh no sorry 190 yards to the air um most of, most of the success for for auburn came from cameron petaway uh their halfback had 27 carries for 192 yards and two touchdowns um they had another player um Eli Stove had three carries for 94 yards, uh, broke off a huge 78-yard run. And uh, Cam Martin had seven carries for 80 yards. He had a 51-yard run. Of the of the eight touchdowns for Auburn, seven of them came on the ground. Yeah, Sean White only threw 11 times. Right. Six of those for 77 yards and well, just the one touchdown. When when you uh, when you can rush for 543 yards, right? You you don't exactly need any yeah. What's the point? They're, at they're, all. They're yeah. 543 yards to yep. Arkansas is 25. Yeah, I, I think I yeah, read so what's somewhere the point? that it was the most rushing yards Arkansas had ever given up. Right. Uh, yeah. So wild weekend in college football. Uh, you know, hopefully we're gonna have another wild weekend next week, and we're getting pretty close to you know talking about the playoff. Just really quickly, uh, OSU with their loss. Do you think they can still make the playoff if they win out? 
Um, if they went out convincingly, yes. Um, but really, it's there are honestly still too many undefeated teams for them to have a shot at it this moment. Yeah, yeah, that hurts bad. I mean, that's a that's a big, 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 big loss. What the a number two team losing like that to the uh, unranked Penn State. Yeah, it's, one of one of our listeners uh, does think that OSU still has a chance. Uh, I do tend to agree. Uh, one loss is not as crippling as it used to be, especially we are getting into rivalry time. So there are going to be a lot, a lot more closer games yeah. uh, down the stretch between yeah. some of these bigger rivals. We still so, got OSU, U of M coming up. Yep. And uh, hey, Bama could lose to yep. LSU. Yep. So we we've still got a lot of football to go. I do think OSU still has a path, but it involves beating uh, beating UM and winning the Big Ten. So yeah, no, it's definitely a crippling loss. It might not kill them, but it makes life very hard for right. the rest of the season. I mean, se- seven of the uh, it, ch- it changes everything. Seven of the top ten teams right now are undefeated. Defeated, right and it's it's going to be tough to compete with that especially yep. you know alabama's been number one all season long you know michigan's been up there um it's if they make the playoff it will be because at least one or two of the other undefeated teams have lost at some point mm-hmm Yep, they got to rely on other teams now right. to, to to lose, and that that's never a fun position to be in. Right. But, uh, well, we're into our last segment of the day. Uh, it's time to talk about the ballpark, and it is David's turn. Yeah. So last time we sort of we sort of previewed what I was going to talk about. Uh, we are going to talk about Sports Authority Field at my Mile High. Uh, I like calling it Mile High Stadium just because it's a lot easier. Um, but you know, it is known as Sports Authority Field at my Mile High. It's not a terrible name. So I I was in Denver a couple well, weeks ago. They're gonna have to change that name pretty soon, though. Yeah, aren't they? yeah, they probably will. Yeah, there's a uh, sports authorities going bankrupt, going out of business. Yeah, if they go out of business, they'll probably have to change the name of the stadium to a business that exists. Uh, I was in Denver again, you know, a couple a couple weeks ago for that one Falcons game, uh, the heartbreaking loss for uh, for the Broncos. Um, I didn't really know what to expect going to the stadium. It, uh, it was built uh, in '01. So I expected a fairly modern stadium, and it does look, and it, it was fairly modern. Uh, on the outside, it looks kind of interesting. There's a lot of people think it looks like a spaceship. I guess every stadium looks like a spaceship these days. I know I've joked before that uh, the aliens haven't landed here because they've seen our stadiums and they think they already have. Um, <laughs> mile, mile high might be one of those. Uh, I, we were driving around Denver, uh, a couple of my friends and I were in Denver, and we're driving around at night, uh, I believe the night before, and we're on the highway down there, and it's it was lit up so nice. Um, it was lit, I believe that night it was lit with like pink or purple, I believe because of the breast cancer um, awareness stuff from the NFL, but either way, you know, whatever they light it with, it looks really great at night. There wasn't even, you know, there wasn't even a game going on, but just, you know, with, with it, without it being in use, it looks great, uh, daytime or night. And uh, get, uh, getting there is really easy to do. Denver's Denver's a very easy place to get around. Um, there's a lot of uh, great places to park. If you do go to a game, um, I would suggest parking uh, on the other side of the highway from the stadium. Uh, pr- pricing uh, for parking is so high on the stadium side of the expressway, and you don't really need to park over there because there are so many easy ways to get from anywhere in Denver to Mile High Stadium. Um, we actually we parked uh, 
it's somewhat near the Pepsi Center where the Denver Nuggets and the Colorado Avalanche play. Um, there are great restaurants over there. Uh, like I, I suggest doing anything pregame. Like I really suggest doing it um, uh, closer to the Pepsi Center, which it, it looks like you're far away from Mile High, but it's not that long of a walk. It's not that it's you know even shorter of a taxi drive or you know Uber is so easy to use these days. I parked. At, I think it was one of there was one of the campuses. Um, that we parked at somewhat near Pepsi Center where I paid $12. I had till 11 something at night for this one o'clock game to get back to my car. So that was kind of nice. Um, and then go, going going to the game, uh, they put on a, an amazing production before the game. We had all kinds of stuff. We had, uh, they, they do the, they bring out the horse. Um, I don't actually know the horse's name. Horsey McHorseface. Does Denver's horse have a name? Do not know. Well, anyways, they bring out the horse. They run him or her around. I have to ask my wife about that. Yeah, ask her. Ask Nicole. She's a Denver fan. Uh, but they do. Uh, they they have they have these parachuters come in, and you know they're doing the normal uh, pregame pomp and circumstance. And little did you, little do you know that they just dropped four parachuters out of an airplane above the stadium, and then uh, they've got GoPro footage on the big screen. Um, Eric's putting up a name of what he thinks the horse, uh, what the horse is called. It is not actually called Bucky Bronco. It is, it is named Thunder. Yes, it's named Thunder, which makes a lot of sense actually, because they play, they play that uh, ACDC song over and over and over. That actually leads to a question I had about it uh, yeah. about the game. Um, so you, you did sit in the upper section. I did. Yes, uh, I can answer. We're not this. millionaires. Yeah, I can answer this. Did you get to participate in the Mile High Thunder? Yeah, we we stomped the crap out of the out of the out of the seats there out of the floors that is one of my favorite things about that stadium uh it's really cool it was built with steel floors so that they can make this noise so it it echoes throughout the stadium yeah so i didn't know that that was particularly our job that that was our job specifically i just did what everybody else was doing yeah because we we were there for the broncos so we're kicking the crap out of the floor and man and it really does sound like thunder it's really cool thing they've got that acdc song just blasting getting everyone pumped up then they drop people out of an airplane, which is also exciting. Anytime you have bodies falling towards the ground, they I got, don't think anytime <laughs> they got can't. But the uh, the parachuters up there, so they've got GoPro cameras on their helmet, right? And their their video is being fed to the big screen in the stadium, so you get to watch. They're a mile high above Mile High Stadium, looking down at you, and uh, you know it can. It, if you're into that kind of thing, if you're not, it can make you sick or disoriented. But that, I thought it was really cool. That video board is impressive. Yeah, it's a great video board. It's got the great. It's got a great big white stallion uh, bucking above it. Yeah. Um, Only a couple of years old too, right? Yeah. No. Yeah, it is new. It yeah. is new. They had. To, I think they had to move the banners over, uh, the retired numbers and stuff, right, to make room for it. But uh, so you've got the people uh, parachuting down all the way in the stadium, so, and there's four of them, and they they announce the they announce the. Uh, um, I don't know what you call them, the performers or whoever they are, the stunt people. Oh yeah, <laughs> they announce their names as they dive in, and they dive in one by one. And when I when I say dive, I mean like at a ninety degree angle, and they are shooting straight down at at the crowd before pulling in in over the field and then landing really softly. Uh, something you don't expect when you see them falling as fast as they are. Right. And uh, they do for all four of them. And uh, actually, the fourth the fourth person to land at our game um, was a woman, and it was actually the first time that a woman has parachuted into Mile High Stadium, um, which is really cool. They announced that. 
Um, Are these guys all Air Force, Army? I, you know, I wish I could tell you. They, <laughs> they, they tell you who they are when they're doing it, but it's so exciting that it's really hard to like take down the right. details. Well, I'm sure it's so loud in there too. It is. It's loud. It's exciting. Um, you know, it's really, really fun to watch. Uh, to watch this happen. Like I was pumped. You know, like, I'm, you know, I'm not a Broncos fan, but I was like really into their presentation. It was really great. And then they do a flyover. Right. Uh, they do this. They do an Air Force flyover. Um, four jets uh, are like maybe 12 inches from my head. The way it feels when you're when you're sitting up higher, it's probably the higher the better. Uh, when you're t- when you're at the stadium. Yeah, going going to Detroit, we don't get the flyovers no, because they're a dome no. team. So whenever we get the opportunity to go outside, that's always such a thrill. Yeah, I love outdoor stadiums, and I tend to rank outdoor stadiums higher uh, in any sport. Oh yeah, um, just because of that. Like I, I seriously I seriously loved my experience there. Um, we're like we're sitting way up in the 500 section, like in a corner which when you anytime you sit down and think about it those are the quote worst seats and and while that's they're not yeah well while it's true that for a lot of different things they're not the greatest seats uh they're still great because you get to see everything and i got to see how great the stadium looks from there and everything and it it was a great viewing angle for the game um you know it helps if you have a really nice camera too which i was able to take into the game they were nice about that uh yeah so it's a great stadium. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's great to you get to look out and see the mountains. It's always impressive when I see it on TV too. Just yeah. the aerial shots. I I absolutely love looking at that one. Yeah, um, I think I'll sit if I go again. I think I'll sit high up because you get to look out at the Rockies, which is great. You know, and I had just been driving through there um the day the day before. I spent like six or seven hours in the Rockies that day, so you get to look out at at those. Yeah. Uh, depending on where you're sitting. My my wife has never been there, and she doesn't listen to the show, uh, so I feel like I can say this free. Um, I have been thinking about trying, you know, trying to take her as a little bit of a surprise uh, at some point. And just hearing the way, hearing the way you're describing this, yeah, it's worth uh, it. I think it's definitely <laughs> going to be worth it, and I think. Uh, I think I might win Husband of the Year if I can pull it off. This is going to be the first episode she listens to. There is a, right. there is a, a dog is flipping out nearby. Uh, yeah. I don't know if anybody else can hear it. But uh, no, it's it's definitely worth going to. Um, we paid a lot of money for our tickets, but that's going to happen when you've well, got the... sold out every game since 1970 uh, it, across their stadiums. Yeah, and, they have. And every single game at the stadium has been a sellout since 2001. So yep, yep. So it's, it's going to be difficult. Yeah, I wasn't surprised when I paid yeah. uh, uh, well over one hundred dollars actually two hundred dollars uh, for my really high up seats i wasn't shocked at all i was i was you know I, I i knew what i was getting but you know you're also paying for the defending super bowl champions right i have a friend who has season tickets mm-hmm. um he now you tell him well yeah right uh, he's only got two. Oh, okay <laughs> um, yeah that wouldn't have worked out but uh yeah he lives up uh he actually lives in minnesota but has broncos season tickets because he used to live down there and everything and uh after he moved he's like oh you know i'll keep hold of him go to a couple games a year and sell the rest you yeah pay for itself right there uh, I've, I've contemplated many times trying to get tickets from him to, to head out to a game there and i'm glad you glad you had such a good time and glad it was as beautiful as we all thought yeah. it was going to be yeah it's easy to get to there's a light rail station that serves the stadium too but like i said you can walk from the other side of i-25 to get there um it's really easy to get to and there's a lot of cool stuff around there they do a lot of cool. They do. Um, I know DC, the Drum Corps International has had stuff there. Uh, which all we the, love. Yeah, which we love. Again, you know, we we were in band. We love that stuff. Um, yeah. No, there's so many. There's so many cool things to do there. Well, I think that is going to do it for us. Um, one more interesting note before we head off air. The Jets believe quarterback Geno Smith has torn his ACL uh, after the initial MRI. So uh, check back on the Facebook page. We'll update that as there's more information given out. Um, 
thanks for listening, and uh, we will talk to you guys next week.